March 29th, 1998. Grease was back in the theaters, and drama kids everywhere flocked to see the late 90s re-release of a late 70s movie based on an early 70s musical set in the 1950s. NSYNC's debut had been out for less than a week, and all of America already decided that they hated Chris. Uh, StarCraft was released, and every kid's dream of being a professional video game player came true. All they had to do was forego all personal connections, move to South Korea, and train in a PC room for 10 hours a day. Meanwhile, in Boston, Massachusetts, Stone Cold Steve Austin fought Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Stone Cold's a year journey has been culminated. This is Hell in a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. That we includes me, your host, Aaron Benoit, joined always by Eric Silver. Happy to be on the podcast with the most homework. And Bobby Hankinson. Just happy to be anywhere. This is a huge night for us here. Um, We are doing WrestleMania 14, and we started this project by kind of defining the start of the Attitude Era as um, Stone Cold Steve Austin's Austin 316 speech at King of the Ring in 1996. There are some who would argue it goes a little bit before that at the Shawn Michaels-Diesel match at one of the In Your Houses. I can't remember which one. Um, But then others say it's not until Hell in a Cell. Others say that it's not until Montreal Screwjob. But there can be no argument at this point that we are now in the Attitude Era. We got two different Attitude Era promos to prove it. <laughs> and they're both great. Oh, but they really, they literally are era defying. <laughs> like defining. Like they literally like defined the era as it. Like we weren't calling the Attitude Era as it was happening. Yeah. It only took us two it years of programming bit. for us yeah. to get actually into <laughs> the Attitude Era. So have we been doing this for two years? Is this, is this a, has it been a year? Has it been, what? what? We've, we're coming close to a year at this we're point. We're coming close. To two years on the podcast you're talking about? Our podcast has been out for oh, about a year. Our podcast has been out for a year, but we're covering two We've years covered of wrestling. This Close is very confusing. It's confusing to be bi-monthly. Well, we're, I know, we're, but we're going double speed. <laughs> which is like how most people listen to this podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, which means I'm six times speed to most people. <laughs> I listen to us at half speed. I just want to savor every minute. Mm. Oh, man, those ums. Mm. Love it. Uh, something I wanted to jump in about, we started talking about it in last week's episode. You had said something where you drew a direct comparison from today's WWE, like, uh, why can't it be as good as this? And it's something I've been thinking about a lot and like, watching this and seeing the high highs and reliving them. But what I'm most stunned by is, like, there, the attitude was just as much of an accident as anything else. Like, there are so many, like, tiny little universe things that happened that had they not all fallen into place, we wouldn't have the Attitude Era. If uh, Steve Austin didn't bust his lip and get stitches at that King of the Ring and had to be told about the promo, I mean, like, mm-hmm. if that didn't happen, you wouldn't have gotten Austin 316. If uh, the screw job didn't happen, if Austin's injury didn't happen, if Shawn Michaels' various injuries weren't happening, if uh, Mike Tyson didn't bite Evandra Holyfield's ear, <laughs> we might not have the Attitude Era. If Billy Gunn hadn't gotten that gift certificate to Hot Topic. <laughs> uh, you know, there's so many things. If uh, if uh, 
Jesse James had never gone to the Bahamas for that. He got his hair braided. We might never have Road Dog. No, but seriously, though, like Vader in Kuwait, there's like so many things that we have talked about on the podcast that happened that they were like responding to things and i think we're seeing the lead up to this pay-per-view the mr mcmahon character come about and yeah. we'll talk about a lot of stuff as we go on but if you take a thing about like snapshot what the roster's at right now sean michaels is hurt undertaker was out for a little bit uh they have no villain so like it's birthing mr mcmahon out of necessity not because they were like here's a great idea an authority character for stone cold to be an antagonist with back and forth and and we had this great rivalry that defined all this stuff. So, like, all these, like, little things, though, that were happy accidents. And so, I don't know if they could ever, even if they hired the same brains, if they could have recreated again today like that. And it, But then I guess the, the marvel of it is, it is that it feels so organic. And it, or it, feels it so is na- organic, it, yeah. Well, no, it feels so natural in that it, it feels like it had to be planned. Mm-hmm. But, no, I, I think what you're getting at, Bobby, is the what the root of of wrestling is is that wrestling is about um understanding that you know it's kind of what do they say man plans god laughs right but it's this idea of we're gonna go for something but also you know we have an idea in mind but also we're going to uh jump on any opportunity that comes up i mean it's very very uh, improv oriented in a lot yeah. of ways. Well, and it's insane because they're doing this every week and they have been doing this and every week. With no this... breaks, no stops, no off season, no nothing. It's crazy. Yeah. So they're probably sitting there just kind of going, I don't know, what do I do? And like, they've got like a couple days to work on it and figure it out. And then somebody gets injured or somebody, I don't know, fucking gets a you know, gets in a car accident or any kind of thing. And then they're like, well, what's the next thing we do? But I just feel like, podcasts with way more listeners than ours spend a lot of time talking about how if only today's product today's creative could just go back to what they were doing in the attitude era if they did this would it help or if they brought back pyro or they changed the pg rating or they did whatever and it's like y'all the attitude era was an accident right and like save like there are things completely out of their control that if they didn't happen even if they did everything else right it wouldn't have stuck right i just we can't i just it was a real brain flip brain switch flip for me i think to be like oh it's not it's not possible to think that way i just want to see more planning that's the one thing that i want to see is is more planning have a plan figure out the story stick to the plan well also the weird thing about it is that like a lot of these things that are happening that happened back 20 years ago are them reacting right so they're they're they have a lot of chaos and they have to react to the chaos here we've got a, a lot a, a lot fewer incidents happening, right? Yeah. There's few people dying of overdoses. There's fewer people getting injured to a degree that like changes their career yeah. right now. So now it's like when they do have the ability to sketch it out, they're kind of at a loss because there's, you know, I think, you know, th- there are people who are good joke writers and then there are people who are good at coming up with stuff on the fly in, in, in response. And maybe those muscles are, have been, you know, the, the response muscles have been developed for so long that the, the actual writing a joke muscle to, you know, to keep the analogy going is, is the part that's been weakening. I think that makes a lot of sense. But I also think it was, there's been a lack of, you know, everyone knows that creatives 
crave constraints because it's like the challenge like without like the challenges it makes it harder to do your job like without so i I think they've been flying so high for so long without competition and with the luxury and the funds and the money to do all these things that they've been a little spoiled by it now they have some competition which i think is very healthy um and they hopefully that will start spurring them to try some new things to do some different stuff i think we're seeing a little bit of that already but i just feel like i i personally going through this and like reflecting on this before this episode of being like wow I think especially talking about Tyson, there's so much with Tyson that is important that happens at this and that Tyson's involvement here have brought so many eyeballs to the WWE at a crucial time that I think uh, maybe it just made me think of like, wow, we can't, we talk about like, it'd be so easy. Like, why can't they just go back to what they were doing or do it? Lessons learned, but a lot of it is out of, out of the realm of control. So let's move into WrestleMania 14. Let's do it. I was so excited when I saw the two-hour, 45-minute time on this here. For a WrestleMania. I know. Isn't it great? It's so tight. I think WrestleMania like, was seven so, hours, right? Like Including the pre-show, I, I feel like it was close to eight this year. Yeah, I think so. I feel like past, I, past, I, past I could have had a full work day. I, yeah. It felt you, like a full work day. Could you imagine? Imagine for a second that that our goal was to like discuss and recap today's wrestlemania or whatever like it would have to be like a a a mini series it would have to be like (laughs) this week we're doing wrestlemania like what will we do stay tuned for the patreon where you can get our 10 part (laughs) review wrestlemania 35 damn it a little faster (laughs) ken burns should do a wrestling thing I would watch the shit. hundred percent. Could you imagine this the 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 um Ken Burns the, effect? The Ken Burns the Ken Burns effect on like on um the on Stone Cold's face as it goes deeper into <laughs> Dearest Martha. <laughs> I bled today. Dearest Deborah. Oh, is that his, his wife's name? Yeah, we'll meet her soon. Oh good. But great opener for this year. Um kind of talking shit on their own product a little bit at the beginning. Just kinda of like a, this was the thing of the way it was in the past and now got all these brash people doing crazy things they also used exactly the same clips of the same performers i was like there's liparachi there's <laughs> muhammad ali there's ray charles there you know like okay <laughs> if you hang around for a couple of years you'll you'll know everybody who performed at a wrestlemania but then they cut to that shot of austin with the bloody face and i was like fuck it i'm in i'm in i'm in for everything and everything is so cool until they get to that music at the end. Oh yeah, the no. It was like a UPN show music. It's like, like that song. It's not the pay per view. It's that song that's brought to you by Milton Bradley Karate Fighters. <laughs> like that song just says Milton. I, I wanted to be uh, called. M- it was Eminem's this time around, but, but yes. so no, no, no. But that song, but that song yes. is still Milton Bradley Karate Fighters. Uh, if, sim- if, sim- if, Sonata number if nine. If you <laughs> open a box of Milton Bradley's Karate Fighters, that music is coming from yeah. inside. Yeah. And if you put your Ultimate Warrior figure in there, the woo boy. <laughs> it's, it's it's the kind of music that is like the toy, like the Milton Bradley Karate Fighters are immediately outdated the minute it hits the shelf it's already bad technology bad mechanisms bad like we've gone three generations past well, that it's funny because we have like, tamagotchis now these days we i mean before we made a podcast you know lest we forget we made we made fun of every single like 
that like the the theme of WrestleMania is brought to you by like Cold Heart or whatever. Chum bucket. You're well, like, I mean, what? well, I mean, one of our 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 friendships like crowning moments was the time that we watched Ink Master and they told us all to live moss on Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell is all about living moss, and you need to live moss with that a new was, tattoo. Okay, for listeners, if you're not familiar with the show Ink Master, which honestly the the overlap in Ink Master and WWE fans has to be 100. percent Wait for the Patreon. <laughs> the Venn diagram is a circle. First of all, when you hear our new podcast, uh, Tattoo Machines and a Cell Phone, when we recap Ink Master, not my best. Uh, but the thing about the Ink Remasters. Ooh, thank you, I'm Eric. Really good. At that this. was really good. <laughs> thank you. Um, the thing about that show, though, all reality shows do, but Ink Master really does it the worst, which is um, SpawnCon like product integration. So they were like, Taco Bell is all about living moss. And so this week, we all know what makes you live moss. And we're like, <laughs> make what? a postcard tattoo about li- the time you live moss. And they've gotten like honestly worse. There was one for Tomb Raider. They're like, Lara as Tomb Raider, Lara Croft always accomplishes her goals. And you're like, what? Is yeah. that what she's famous for? <laughs> Today, th- this week's this week's challenge is accomplishing a goal. As, uh, ch- as a Tomb Raider, Lara Croft is leaning in. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? It's very. It's obviously written by like marketing people, and it's so bad. Uh, but that's what the Bradley Carly Providers reminds me of, and that's what the song reminds me of. But uh, yeah, I I don't. Will there ever be a good theme? Yes. For WrestleMania. Oh. Okay. There will? Yes. Wow. Well, this I, is where we learn a lot about Aaron. I feel like Aaron has a cult story where he's like, when the sun is in the seventh house, <laughs> a band will come for us. 2012. We have a year and a half to go to WrestleMania 17, but I'm already excited to talk about this. I don't remember. Oh my God. Okay. 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 That's, uh, um, okay. So I have so many questions about the intro package. Okay. Great. Tyson is in DX or pro DX or he just likes making the X chop. I'm not really sure. Well, we what all did doing. back in 1980. Yeah, I, mean, I, I certainly did it all the time. Nobody does it with the same aplomb that Mike Tyson does it, where he just looks like such a child. He's well, like, like I, I don't know. I mean, he's Mike Tyson. I weird <laughs> like, fucking Mike person. Tyson loves life, and and like. He's, is that is that where you, is that where you want to? <laughs> does he live moss enough? <laughs> Mike Tyson is obviously a super problematic character for for a lot of for a lot of reasons. But hold on, but hold on, wow. but hold on, because wow. if we have to believe that somebody has the ability to change, and somebody like Mike Tyson, who grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn, where I teach every single day, and can kind of like see kind of the world that he came from, and given all that money and all of that interviews that I've hear from him in more recent years shows me a man who has changed and a man who reads and like absorbs things and is a really really interesting person now i'm just a small borough lawyer <laughs> but it seems to me well you sold me man i'm, I'm marking out for mike tyson now uh, but i i think the yeah. wwe's thought at the time is that they they can't it, it, it's going to be hard to bring mike tyson in as a baby face mm-hmm because he is known for biting. Right now, he's known recently for beating, um, eating Evander Holyfield's ear, and eating recently and beating. for beating. beating women. So there's like a lot of right. bad. Gibbons, right? There's something he's not a likable man. Or Holly Robinson. Uh, Robin Gibbons. Robin Gibbons. Um, yeah, he's. I mean, listen, I, I want to obviously. I want. To, I want to believe the best of a person, and he's a very damaged person. Um, and hopefully, I don't know. I don't know what he's been doing. 
it's a it's it's hard right because i'm also the same person that's just like i don't know george w bush belongs in a prison for the rest of his life and should never see daylight again. oh i'm so glad that's sure. what it's ended uh but like you know so Thinking that way, wait, wait, what did you think? Well, of? for a second, you'd be like, "I'm the kind of person that thinks George Bush is someone I can have a beer with in a skybox." I was gonna be like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa!" Sure, no, he, sure, but, sure. You but, know, so yes, yeah, like, uh, but he, but he, he didn't commit. He didn't again, commit mass murder. Yeah, yes, alleged. No, and it's not alleged. And George Bush is somebody who grew up with every single privilege put before him. As right, well. he's not a very da- damaged person in that way. He's damaged because he had too much fucking shit. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we're gonna get to the first match oh, at some man. point, guys. Okay, so, but I bet you wish we wouldn't. <laughs> so Tyson is like sort of pro DX. He's not in DX because he's not a rest. He's not a, a superstar. No, he's in DX. I think it's fair to say. I think he's loosely. He's not making a ton of. You're not missing a ton of appearances from Tyson. He has very limited appearances. Uh, okay, so he I, I, he's not he's neither in nor out. I feel like because he's he's not really there. He made one appearance a day after the last pay per view, yeah. the Monday following, and he made an appearance at a press conference and he made an appearance at a public workout in Boston. Before oh yeah, where he kissed Steve Austin. No, there was head. some more. So was there more? There was more because there was uh, Shawn Michaels um, called out Mike Tyson on a Raw. And then it was like, we let's do this. We'll do this right now. And they cleared the ring, and it was like they were going to fight. And then he grabs Tyson's um, WWF shirt and rips it open to reveal a Degeneration X shirt underneath. And I think, I would say that Mike Tyson, leading up to this, the, the story was that Tyson had joined DX. Yeah. Can I say, by the way, just so, as an aside, um, one of the things like at the height of my list of why I don't think I could be a professional wrestler is having to wear two t-shirts. <laughs> it would just be so uncomfortable okay. the way everything rubs on each other. Like how do you make sure that the sleeves align properly so you're not like, you know, one part's bunched up? No. Bobby looks like he's about to say something, but no, no, Bobby, that's the one reason why Eric could not be <laughs> a professional reason, wrestler like... is because in some instances he might be asked to wear two t-shirts <laughs> revealing a new allegiance beneath them. I think I have a very valid point. That Bobby, 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 nope, that's the one reason why Eric Silver could not be a professional wrestler. That's where I was going to go with that, or I was going to go with... Listeners, I know that you probably imagine the three of us uh, looking like people who are chiseled on Donnesses who could be wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But truthfully, none of us know what it's like, what it feels like to be wearing one T-shirt with the body of Mike Tyson. <laughs> uh, lace up my boots. For all you know, put on two Mike Tyson. It may feel amazing wearing two. If I had a body like Mike Tyson, I, first of all, if I, if I had a good body, I would, you never, would never wear, wear a I would be Dr. Manhattan living on the moon <laughs> forever. Bye. However, if I, about, I, I would absolutely. I, I think it feels. I, I feel like it feels different. You think shirts you're feel hot. different on <laughs> on a chiseled body than on a, on a less than chiseled bo- a body they that feel... maybe has a little extra granite. Oh, girl, they feel different when they're off. That's for sure. Hey. <laughs> okay, I'm sure you've got a lot more questions as we go. So yeah. why don't we do this? Uh, let's go match by match, yeah, and as the questions come up, we do this, but. We have to start with a 15-team tag team battle royal. It's really 14 and a half teams. Yeah. 
<laughs> just to be clear. I didn't understand any of this. What? First of all, why did? Why was every other team out there, and then two teams got announced? Some of the teams weren't even teams. They were like, uh, and you two. I don't know, Flash Funk and Chains, like or whatever. Like, no, Chains and Bradshaw. Flash I know. But Flash who was, Funk was in there too. He was. was I know. I know. I couldn't remember who he was with. That's why I just put them together because it was equally and stupid. And a Godwin. What? No, my yeah. my guy's over here. <laughs> just, no, no, you're with Flash Funk tonight. It was very dumb. It's like it's like uh, pairing up for like a lab uh, a lab assignment in chemistry where it's like no i wanted to work with him and like <laughs> sorry sorry get the bunsen burner let's just start getting going yeah it was i mean we talked about last week on our slammy episode how the tag team division was in a lot of shambles mm-hmm. and a lot of these teams are under trash and then there's a bunch of teams that aren't even teams uh so this was really about getting people on the wrestlemania card and of course reintroducing us to the legion of doom no 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 or LOD 2000. <laughs> That's what they were called? I missed that shit. He had, if you look at his waistband, it said 2000. Right there. Oh, it's so stupid. Oh my god. So stupid. LOD 2K? So. The Legion of Daft Punk. So dumb. Okay. Oh my so god. So many questions because I didn't realize, I mean, obviously I didn't watch the Raws. Mm-hmm. So everything that Bobby said about about the Mr. McMahon character fell on deaf ears because I have not. No, seen... no, they, they, that's that's all upcoming. Oh, okay. For the most part, yeah. The, there was some. There was Mr. McMahon stuff in between. Yes, there was a specific thing, and we'll get get yeah, we'll get into that it, when we get a little further. Uh, in. Anyway, I'm a baby. Uh-huh. I'm just a newborn baby. <laughs> so uh, Legion of Doom or 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 Lod Two K. Why are they being relaunched? And like, when did they get relaunched? And why do they look like hockey goalies? It's just a matter of they need to. They haven't refreshed their gimmick forever. Like, since <laughs> wait, is this refreshing their gimmick? That it's considered like changing their look, at least in some way, trying to make them relevant and or cool. Can and we all agree? Sunny looks really cool. Sunny looks also. I mean, like I will say as a like through and through dyed in the wool homosexual, like five point eight eight on the Kinsey scale. Sunny looked. So fucking yeah, it's really, hot. It's, it's really shit. stable so and sunny in this outfit. Are the it, that's the sunny point like, one two. Also, can I tell you this week's Saturday Night Live? Camila Cabello. Holy shit! I was like, you're the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. Uh, sorry, go on. I don't know what what show um, you're speaking of. Uh, but go back and watch that two month old episode of Saturday Night Live to know what Bobby's talking <laughs> about. And they're relaunching them for that. They just give them something fresh, something different. They haven't changed their gimmick in ages. And uh, they they now have acceptable hair in public. But it's one thing for Prince to release a song called 1999 in the early 80s. But it's 1998. And you think in two years, this is what we're going to be like? This is the LOD 2000? We're going to go uh, full Mad Max for the next two years? You think they're jumping a little too far into the future? They're like, guys. (laughs) No, uh, not far enough. I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) They're, they're They're jumping into the future too quickly. It's like, oh, we're going, we are futuristic post-apocalyptic warriors from two years from now. It's like, wait, what happens? No, they are always set in the future. I'm still doing my same slammy. I'm just saying this right now. They're still in the future the same way that we, as we advance, we're still 20 years in the past. They're always... And also still a little bit a couple weeks in the future. Right, they've got they've got a lot of appearances in the can. If anyone ever asks you to explain how time is a flat circle, just tell them what it's like to be a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you study something that happened 20 years ago, you record something about it, talking about 20 years ago, and then you release it six weeks from and now. You make, you make references to two months what? earlier. What? what? Um, yeah, it was a big mess. They they teased a breakup between the two of them on Raw. Uh, oh. They they fought in the ring. Um, it was something where they were gonna. There was a tag team match, but Hawk didn't get out of the ring fast enough, so they called a disqualification when they should have gotten the win and gotten the belts back. Okay, and then they decided they needed uh, head protection. Mm-hmm. And well, then honestly, they... not not late, I mean, not I'm, early enough. Hawk's, and like uh, Hawk's new face paint is dog shit too. It's all very where it's weird. Just a big like black with with along the top some color. Ever, they look bad. It's bad, and the the straps are too complicated. The shoulder straps. It's it's like they're, it's like they're doing a Houdini routine. And they're like yeah. shimmying out. <laughs> they of couldn't them. get out of it. They the their look reminded me of like the second generation of Transformers, where like they started where they got like you know like Japanese animation, and it was a little bit like everything was a little too slick. And you're oh like, oh, like with the the Quintessons and yeah, all that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's just like it's just shit where you're like, what is happening here? Yeah. What does this look like? And Rodimus Prime is the right. Yeah, doing too much, doing way too yeah, much, doing a lot of things there. Turns out, giant robots fight on their own. Two guys in face paint and shoulder pads was they, they were doing great. Just keep Scatman Crothers. <laughs> um. Okay, uh, why do they have Sunny? Is this just a new thing for Sunny to do? Nothing for Sunny to do. They want to make the the LOD cool. Stick him with a hot Sunny, make her naked. What happened to Miguel? And I have researched, and I I went back and I watched. He never gets in the ring. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would watch and I watch, and it's confusing too because also Savio's wearing red and Miguel's wearing blue. So yeah. first time I watched it, I was like, "Where's his partner?" And then oh, I was like, "Color war." <laughs> he switched. Up. They're actually playing murder. They have to throw tube socks at each other, rolled up. Uh, so, they, so at first I was looking for his partner. I couldn't find his partner, and then Miguel just never gets in the ring. He's mm-hmm. in the bottom right of your screen if you're if you're looking on at home. Uh, and he's just—I don't know if he hurt. He, he had to have hurt his ankle. He obviously hurt something because, and then Savio gets thrown oh. out. In order to help him, yeah, and then they carry him backstage along with uh, with a ref. It's very, it's it's a very weird spot. So I don't know if he maybe like twist his ankle jumping into the ring. I have, I, I I don't know, and no research give me anything. And because this uh, this match is filmed like amateur porn, it's like, can I get another angle at some point, please? There is no way to follow who is actually like doing anything yeah. in this match. It the took, POV part was terrible. Too. It took so long for me to understand what you were talking about there because i was like wait there's part of amateur porn that's bad what is he trying to say <laughs> yeah like the yeah i know what you're, you're saying. like oh it's, Not it's one angles. shot got it guy you want more yeah. cuts I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, more yeah cuts. i need angles i need to see you from different different oh okay well we have a this is a much longer discussion for the patreon at some point <laughs> um speaking of which i got a lot of my porn from Patreon. Okay, oh, go on. Should we <laughs> Patreon is not just for podcasts. Okay. Should we be should we do like a like a porn review twenty years later? Oh my god, porn twenty years later on Patreon? Wow. <laughs> you guys you demand it, we'll Let's do stick it. stick with wrestling. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, today well, we're watching know. a six-hour amateur porn. <laughs> Listen, you guys, you guys let your dollars decide. Once we set that Patreon up, <laughs> you you can vote. And we have no idea when that's going to be because we have no idea when this is releasing and we have no idea what day it is even today. Also, we have no idea what Patreon is. It's six months from now and 20 years in the past. I think we figured that out. Did anybody notice Mark Henry being strong and gorilla pressing Brian Christopher and then 
being right next to the uh, side of the ring where he, if he had just thrown him out, he would have eliminated someone. He decided to throw him into the center of the ring. Wait, oh, I didn't even know Brian Christopher was there. <laughs> Literally, at one point, the commentators go, Brian Christopher is there, so I don't know how you missed it. <laughs> yeah, Brian Christopher is teaming up with Scott Taylor, and there will be a thing and sometime soon. Okay. Um, who's Scott Taylor? Did we talk? Doesn't matter. Don't oh, worry he about was, it. Was he, was he, in the... he was in the cruiserweight. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed was... Uh, or light heavyweight. When they announced Barry Windham coming in, I was like, you know, they could literally say anybody is Barry. They could like throw anybody out there and say Barry Windham's joined. Say like, like, yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess that's him. <laughs> he has like blonde hair. I mean, the the only Barry Windham image I have is of like the bowl cut slash mullet, where it's he's a brunette with a mustache. From when he was on the new Blackjacks. He was the stalker before that. Remember the stalker where he wore a WWF t-shirt as his costume? Right, but was he blonde then? Yeah. Yeah, see, But again, he was wearing full face paint. I can never remember so that. Dumb. So then this, now he's blonde again. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Everybody's Barry Windham. I think Barry Windham is one of those like 80, like old school wrestler guys that people love. And I I mean, like, I there, never. Yeah, no, there's going to be someone who's angry at us for saying shitty things about him. But Barry, Barry I, I, Windham is like, uh, what is it? Gene from, from, uh. From Arrested Development, <laughs> Gene Parmesan. Um, Gene Parmesan. Barry Windham here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this thing was total dog Jeez. shit. The the only thing I kind of liked was when Sonny was outside with the Godwins, and it kind of teased their history a little bit, like just because it like did something. Okay, my favorite. I think this is peak Sonny. Like, I think this is the hottest Sonny has looked. I think I was like, whoa, whoa, this is she's uh, she's she's back, baby. Mm-hmm. However. They, the crowd pops for LOD when they come out. goes crazy. They start chanting, LOD, LOD. And Sonny starts doing what I have to call dancing, for lack of a better <laughs> term to describe it. But it was like, uh, it was kind of like um, if someone took the Elaine dance and made it more uh, reachy. <laughs> Can you can like you, reaching out? Can you do it? And I'll describe it to our listeners since this is not a visual medium. Okay, okay. It was like uh... his legs are spread across. Oh, his... he looks like a like a um, Bailey buddy. <laughs> his arms. I'm saying like every four fist pumps into the air. He's moving from side to side and pausing for a moment. It was like a very. It was like hips and air punching, and it was like profoundly unsexy. It was like, whoa! Does she know how her body works? It was very bad dancing. Which brings up the question: Is Sunny good at sex, or does she just have sex? <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I don't know. I think she's got her 10,000 hours in. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> uh, I just want to say this is a very sex-positive podcast, and you know what, Sonny? Get yours. Yeah. Um, I will say, every time Sonny comes out looking like something like this, I always remember that the time I did a search, and I was like, well, I'm not going to get anything good. <laughs> like, this time, I was like, oh, Sonny's, Sonny looks really good. And I was like, no, No, you can find matter. a lot of videos about Sonny, none from anywhere in the 90s yeah. you've got to get like the 2010s is when yeah uh to again to from an old an older i guess a couple episodes ago an older analogy sunny uh is in this time sunny is like mike tyson when he was a boxer who had a license and a reputation <laughs> he hasn't you know she hasn't made it over to the porn industry yet so it, it's just not gonna be whatever you're getting it's it's not her prime so we had the debut, kind of the debut of the new Midnight Express. Um, I don't know. Midnight I like 
Bombastic Bob, Bodacious Bart. I, I kind of like Bob Holly. Bob Holly's fucking amazing. Bob Holly's one of the best there ever was. However, I mean, Barkon is dead weight. But Midnight Express, famous Stanley and Bobby. Last name is Skippy. I want to say like Hanson, but I think that's wrong. I think it's Stan Hanson. But whatever, it's. They were a famous tag team going back to like NWA days. Like, Managed by Jim Cornette. Oh, okay. And now they're 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 relaunching them, and I think it was Bobby that was the Bobby of the tag team that was always the constant, and he had like a couple partners that he was Midnight Express with throughout the years, and I think he wasn't available for this, which is why they were like, well, we wanted to do, we're doing so much NWA stuff. Let's do there's a gimmick we're not using. Let's give it to some other guys. We're doing nothing with these two. But anyway, LOD goes over. Uh, well, no, Midnight Express goes over the top. LOD goes over, and they'll be set to meet the new tag team champions at the next In Your House pay-per-view. Cool. I looked all over. I could not find the uh, clip of Stone Cold Steve Austin on Regis and Kathy Lee, but I wanted to so Regis bad. does rub his head. I know that happens. I had no fucking idea what was going on in this package. I was just like, what is, like... There's a public workout. So I, there's let's, kissing of a forehead. Let's talk about that because that's a pretty big important thing. Um, that you know we didn't get like a Boston. There was a tea party kind of package. So this is sort <laughs> of the like we've been in Boston this week kind of kind of like moment for this. So the public workout is actually very famous. So they set up this public workout, which was basically like an exhibition outside in Boston ahead of WrestleMania. And the whole thing was set up to get that picture of Shawn Michaels and um, Tyson. Tyson kissing Austin, Austin tangled in the ropes. And just this is all the now this is secondhand news. I'm totally just like basically recapping a Bruce Pritchard podcast right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just so we're clear, everybody, I, I wasn't there. Um, Sean is getting such nuclear heat at this point that he's being like pelted with trash and people are throwing shit at him and whatever. And he's like, I'm not fucking going out there. I'm not doing it. Like I'm not in Shawn Michaels as a baby and he's Shawn Michaels and he's like, I'm not doing it. Like I'm not uh, doing the photo shoot. I'm not, I'm not coming back out there. I'm not, I, I, it's not safe. You don't have enough security for me. I'm not doing it. And they're like, oh, okay. All right. Well, all right. Well, Triple H and China are here. They're going to be involved anyway. We'll have it be Triple H and Tyson and do that. And just before it was like time to do the angle, Shawn Michaels came out and did it um, like a big baby. But that's, but that's fucking peak Shawn. Like, and apparently during this time period, Shawn Michaels was like peak Shawn Michaels. So uh, when we say peak Shawn Michaels, we mean like the biggest peak asshole. Peak like Shawn Michaels. I mean, basically, he's got. I mean, he's hopped up on all kinds of shit, and right I get through that back pain. So, but this was uh, a huge, huge thing because they wanted. It was literally set up just to get that image. Like yeah. that's why they were doing it, and it almost didn't happen. Um, I love that they were also in that in, in this segment in this package recap video. There was like a VIP dinner. It's just like yes. in like in like a sad hotel conference room. I was like. Cool. Well, right before that, Sable and Mark Merrow were just out to dinner, and they someone, just had everything. Someone like asked for an autograph. I think as they were telling us, it was like, were they at cool. the WWE restaurant? <laughs> WWF restaurant? No, I don't think they had it. At they this did, point. No, it didn't exist. It's oh, coming though soon. Oh boy. Flash Funk is being interviewed by a child. So then we go to the light heavyweight division. I keep wanting to say cruiserweight. That's fair. Taka versus Aguila. Hmm. It's just well it's just it's weird to me that it's Aguila that's in there rather than Brian Christopher because it seems like the feud for 
months now has been Taka and Brian Christopher, and Brian Christopher is not getting a shot at the Cruiserweight. Well, you know it's a, a big match when at the end one the one guy shakes the hand of the other guy who wins, and you're like, oh, is anybody a heel? No. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that. Who did you think was a heel in this match? No, no, but no, I think I think there's value in like very athletic matches that are positioned more as in like we are we're not rivals, but we are both trying to perform our best for the sake of competition, like yeah. friendly competition. Okay. And I think if they can only pull that if the match really delivers. And I think, especially given the context of the time, this match 100% delivers. There was a very great match. There was a, like a spot fest. Yeah. There was like high spot. This was the kind of like athletically demanding match that I think at the end requires like a break of kayfabe to be like a performer to performer. That was a great. Yeah. That was great work, and I think it translates to the audience as athlete to athlete. This is an amazing, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, you, good, you. It's literally the good game, good game, good yeah. game of the end yeah, of the. Yeah. You know, you pushed me to the edge. I came out this time. You might have it next. Yeah, time, yeah. Kind of I, I, I appreciate though. I, I, there, I think Aguilar at this point is a little sloppy. He's gonna get a couple. There's some uh, gimmicks down coming on the pipe for him. I honestly thought I, I liked Aguilar's. Um, I thought Aguilar had some fun spots though. Yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. Um, Taco, you know, talk is always good, but. Um, there were some really fun things. It, uh, was it Asahi Moonsault? Asahi Moonsault. Asahi. Yep, like it's pronounced. Acai bowl? Um, it's A-S-A-I. Asahi Asahi Moonsault. That was really cool. There was a corkscrew. Um, yeah, there was a lot of really fun stuff. I mean, as I said, Taka's really fun. Um, I was a little confused when Jerry Lawler called Aguila the kamikaze pilot between the two of them. Oh boy, make like Taco Bell and run to the border. I yep, was like, wait, yep. what? Huh? Wait, yep, was that a phrase that. that Taco Bell used at the time? Run yeah, to the border. Run for the border. No, live Moss. They've, it's only <laughs> been Liz, live Moss. Oh, you know what? That's probably why they changed it to live Moss. <laughs> oh my god! Because they're like, there's a wall in there now. I what are you gonna fucking, get? <laughs> I just had a realization. Um, yeah, no, make a run for the border. It was like a Taco Bell. I don't remember that, and I also didn't bother googling it. Sorry. Um, um, I think Taco's amazing though, and I think despite you could tell the crowd went into this not giving a fuck about yeah. this match. And these okay. guys worked their asses off. And I think Taka especially worked his ass off, man. And when he's going for the driver, when he's calling forward to the crowd, he's psyching the crowd up. Like, just the the points in the match where the match is rested and he's playing to the crowd. Like, man, he is working. I just feel like, uh, not to be, ugh, God, not to be that podcast, but like, to put it in comedy terms, like, you see somebody like working a kind of a shitty room and like fighting for it and like getting it, it's... It's a, it's cool to behold. Yeah. I think Taka's really working hard on this, and I appreciated that. Did yeah, you... and I mean, and this is WrestleMania, and this is the first good match on the WrestleMania card. So yeah, did you guys uh, see the woman behind the Spanish announce table? She was like, had that big. She looked like Linda Belcher, but as a blonde, as a curly blonde. <laughs> she was just like, "Hi, oh my, hi, God. I'm right here." Like it was. It's real fun to watch. They show her a couple times. Um, the other thing I, I have down for this match other than you know obviously very really good spots it was a fun match to watch um i thought lawler had like kind of a, a good line if at first you don't succeed skydiving is not for you i was like <laughs> you know what? Good. that's not bad that, that belongs in the book i don't know how that applies to anything that's going on but that's the know. kind of thing my mom would see on a coaster and definitely <laughs> buy it yeah, that's a fortune cookie. Definitely thing. buy it. And I think that Taka going over and Taka staying the champion is the best thing for this brand at this point still too. He's a star. 
I mean, yeah. like he's got charisma. He's got the athleticism. He's young. Uh, he's a star. And considering the the language barrier, huge star. I mean, like it's great. Like he's got like people that are, for some reason whoever's wringing their hands about Asuka or whatever on the main roster now, look to talk to me and see how over he was and like, yeah, you could do it. He's got good music too. He does have good music. music. It is good music. Jennifer Flowers. Wow. You guys, wow. Interviews The Rock. Uh, I had to, like, look up who Jennifer Flowers was. Really? I I knew she had to do with, with, like, Bill Clinton, but I didn't know exactly how. Yeah. So I kind of, I looked into it. I was like, oh, what is, this is, again, uh, it, it revisits my theory that at a certain point, when you hit a certain point in your life, you, uh, you know, wrestling is the next move. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So you pivot. You pivot to to WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, this segment I think is good. Yeah. If you don't think about it too much. Well, first off, Rock shirt is great. The Rock famously, this is like I think I think this is the five. Is this the five hundred dollars shirt? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But this maybe. is it's, it is a great shirt. It's a sort of many great Rock shirts. Mm. Um. He has a huge penis. First of oh, all, he's what is he he's talking about being hung? The hung jury. If you smell the rock is cooking, the first this is I think one of if not the first time he says that. He also said the people's champion, and I think this was maybe the first time he said SmackDown. Also, I think it might be. I definitely know the smell the rock is cooking. I is had to the first one to that because I didn't hear the smell the rock is cooking part. Um, I also was gonna say uh, his uh, his purported views on the homeless and how he you know like you know all about like basically how he doesn't care about the homeless that's kind of how he actually feels right he's republican is he i don't think he is the rock republican i don't think he is i feel like the rock transcends politics no 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 no. i think rock is center left i think think he's not no i think he is i think he's an obama he was an obama supporter i i i i think he was i I mean, uh, he. I think he's center. He's like le- left. He's liberal. I, I honestly, Rock, we all so- know you're listening. First of all, I please get in touch with us and let us know who he's you're socially liberal because I mean, I think are- the Rock is apolitical. I don't think he's ever posted. Any, I don't think he's ever made a political statement because he's such a big star that he's, he's like a, a Taylor Swift. Republican. Like I don't want to. He's a registered Republican. No, no, we're gonna take this off the pot and figure it out because I don't. I think that he's either center liberal or he is is a is publicly apolitical yeah i don't know i mean i know there was a point where people were like is the rock gonna run for yes 100 percent. i think there was um, but i don't know if he'd be running on the republican ticket i mean i i don't know you know i think he might be one of those like uh 80s and 90s republicans as opposed to a 2000s republican which is like i don't know fucking death cult yeah I don't, I don't know if you can be i don't know if that's an option oh, anymore oh, it turns out uh i don't know depends yeah we'll see but i i don't think he is uh are you looking up Aaron? Are you, yeah. are you okay i was like are you yeah the rock um oh am i doing a song yeah let's do it according to the most reputable uh source on the internet quora the rock was a republican but is now an independent okay I can see that. I, th- he, I think he's a center. I think he's liberal, probably, probably at it, but I think he's socially liberal and financially centrist. Yeah, I think he makes a lot of money and wants to keep all his money. Yep. Yeah, but uh, but I also, a, I also think he's a. I also think he's he's 
like a person of color who I think has a little bit of a wiser, a little bit of a sharper take on things. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I, I'm, I'm projecting a lot on The Rock right now. Yeah, I think, he votes, I, I think he probably votes like a rich asshole. Sorry. Or maybe he doesn't vote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pee. Anyway, then we get a shot of downtown Boston, and it's very more nondescript skyline for a major American city than Boston. No. Like, I know you lived there, but... I did. Yeah. Boston, every time I go to Boston now, I I get off, you know, I walk into the city, I get off the train or whatever, and my first reaction is like, aww, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's look a at you trying to be a, a city. It's a cute big town. Aww, look at that. Oh, you got a park? Aww. Look, oh, a state house? Yeah, oh, like, come yeah, on. Yeah, a couple of big buildings there, buddy. Oh, look at look that look museum. That. You're doing great. Yeah, their their skyline is like leaves a lot of sky. There's not a lot happening there. I can think. I remember like I can think of the Sitco the sign. The Sitco sign is literally the only thing that I can picture from like up on the there, Well, there's the Prudential the Prudential Tower is a big one too. Um, and there's like another really tall building I'm forgetting the name of now that looks that's like um, all covered in glass windows that reflects the sky. So you also it's kind of like almost invisible. It's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, no, the skyline sucks. Uh, oh. Uh, I don't know where this fits in, but there's a DX band there. Oh, boy. Yes, there is. That is 100% how I pictured the guy who fronts the DX band to look like. Yeah, like he uh, came out of like an ecstasy documentary from the from like a, like two years earlier. It's literally they went to a central casting or like, give me Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Just give me that. And then like literally they were like, okay. And like that guy came out of central casting. What was that hat called? Because it was definitely having a moment oh. for like eight weeks. Was it like a Kangol hat he was wearing? No, uh, it was, no, like it, a was toque. it was bigger. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Is it a toque, like just like a, a ski cap with a thing on the top? I think you don't have to have the the thing on top. But I mean, no. But the this palm. was this was like a big thing with a with a lid that was backwards. Oh, like the Rasta hat? Kind of like a Rasta hat. It was bad. Like yeah. I was just like, "Who? What is happening with this guy?" Um, and then he didn't even like sing the DX song because they were saving that for Shawn Michaels' intro. They just kind of showed him. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that stuff later. But um, but yeah, we have just there. But we have Triple H versus Owen Hart, and this is a good match. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um. I first of all, so uh, just to walk us through it, mm-hmm. uh, there part of the, one of the stipulations of the match is that China is going to be handcuffed to Sergeant Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter, yes, so that she can't um, interfere. Real question: Do you need to lock handcuffs? That's what I was going to ask. Uh, first of all, Sergeant Slaughter came off to me this entire thing like a Jim Neighbors character. <laughs> Like, just, like, totally incompetent. At one point, he dropped the key while he was locking yeah. himself in the handcuffs. Yeah. First of all... I was like, wow, what a threat he must be. You, I, but again, I, I think you just need to unlock handcuffs. Yeah, you only need to okay. unlock handcuffs. To be fair, these look like... And I do believe there's a difference. I want to say these are manacles, which are different than handcuffs, maybe? Okay. That but might be true because they have the big chain. They have the longer chain between. So these you actually might have to, like... It may be the spring-loaded, like, we're the ones well, we think of as Well, but it's not the chain that, like, that decides in. whether or not you have I know, to lock but I think the whole mechanism might be okay. different than the typical one that we think of as like the fake ones we have as kids or sex now as right. adults. <laughs> I mean, I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm thinking is like, first of all, you know, there it, it handcuffs shouldn't work 
like a bike lock where you have to like like put it in and like be like okay like let's make sure we get this in right and yeah then we'll, yeah if I turn yeah because it right, seems like a I don't know. You would just try to make your wrist big as you're, they're locking it, so they yeah. could like sneak out. Could you imagine all the shit that happens as the guy's fumbling with the key to lock the handcuffs? Um, Owen Hart also has big chipmunk face as he's coming to the ring, and does Owen Hart just have big chipmunk face that I've never noticed before? He's got big chipmunk face. Okay. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a he's got a Stu Hart Easter Island face. Uh, question for you, Bobby. They mentioned Earl Hebner was in the hospital. So yes. Earl Hebner had a brain aneurysm, and during this pay per view, is legitimately fighting for his life. Oh my god! Um, they thought he had a stroke. He was like all of a sudden like not acting like himself and didn't recognize anybody and whatever, and had to be like rushed to the hospital and turned out. And like people were real upset. Like it was very scary. Like it, as this pay per view was happening, they weren't sure like what was well, going on. He's like beloved, right? I mean, he's a legend. Yeah, yeah. and him and his brother, they're in the wrestling family. Yeah, he's a twin brother. He, Dave how Hebner. did it turn out? He's okay. He lived. I mean, okay. he's still like. Refing. <laughs> he's refing now? For AEW, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so now that we know he's okay, uh, my question is, they mentioned uh, that Earl Hebner is watching WrestleMania, what is it, 14? In in the the intensive care. And I was like, does the ICU get pay-per-view? <laughs> is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> you have to get the doctor's credit card. Like, <laughs> like, oh. Hey, can you can you just can you just uh, hit on the remote and just <laughs> can you just give me the code? Um, I didn't have a lot of notes from this match. I mean, like it was a fun match. Yeah, yeah I was watching this match. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I uh, I noted more powdered sugar. It was great. No, no, that was actual cocaine. <laughs> that Shawn Michaels had in his oh, bag. No, like, do anybody have baby powder? Like, nah. Like, anybody have cocaine? He's like, everyone's like, me. <laughs> Me, I do, I do. <laughs> so before we get to that, um, the shot of Owen with blood on his nose right before he goes on the offense, really, really cool. Um, the Hurricane Rana powerbomb counter is really popular right now because they did the same thing in the Taki. The Taka, Taka match, though, was match. I like the Taka spot better, I think, mm-hmm. actually, this yeah. one. But Owen's working with the busted ankle. He, oh. He, he had a walking cast on before this, like a soft cast that had to be removed that he took off for this match. So he's, he's hurt. But yeah, but Commissioner Slaughter had... One job, which was to stop China from interfering in this match. Terrible. And as Eric already alluded to, at one point in the match, she throws a whole bunch of white powder in the face of um, Slaughter. Of yeah, of Slaughter. And but then anyone else? No, no. Uh, then she then hits she Owen uh, the dick. Nut, she nut punches uh. Uh, Owen. But you know, Sergeant Slaughter has sunglasses. I I remember the GI <laughs> Joe action figure. <laughs> That would have easily, you know, protected him. Actually, on one of the Raws on the lead-up to this, there's a really good China punching people in the dick montage. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is it set to the the Ken Shamrock music? Like... (laughs) I thought China was showing some good personality here. I think... Obviously, she has a little bit of a softer look. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's wearing a little bit more makeup, a little bit more like I think more sexual. Yeah, well, she got she had implants since you know over this year. So yeah. I, I think there's a little bit of her. I think I like, starting to step out a little bit. I, one of my favorite little small moments that I liked after the match is as soon as the match was legally over, she started immediately demanding the ref like let her out of the handcuffs, and it's like a little touch like that, that I think is like really considered and nice. Well, also just the fact that she talks and she like. She, you know, maybe she's not mic'd for it, but yeah. she's like, yeah, she's 
But you saw her deliver with a finger points and like telling him, like, get this off of me now. And it was like, and he was scared. And it was yeah. like, all right, that's that's pretty good. Like that's that's, cool. that's a nice little moment that didn't have to be there and that someone made that choice. And she executed it really well. And I, I, I think it's very promising because China becomes such a big star. And I have so much love for her for what she did at the WWF, that WWE that yeah. It's I'm all excited to see her get there. Yeah. Grabbing all them dicks. Okay. First, wow, was that really Vinny Pazienza there inside of the ring? Oh, is this was this the boxer? Some boxer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that oh, next? Yeah. That guy. Or was that after? Oh, no, no. It's in between. They did the package. for. Okay, sorry. My notes are out of order. My notes <laughs> have the package and then that. Um, but then a match that I was sure was going to be dog shit. It, it took me on a real journey. This match is... Good. good. We all need to be in agreement. This good. match is a, I mean, it is very good. It is very good. It is it, when you consider this is Sable's first match, yeah, ever. Not her first match on a pay per view. Not her first match on television. This is her first match, and this match is good. And so, under the circumstances, I would call it extremely good. Uh. And it just made me think about, like, man, mixed tag matches? Slap at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Like, you think of the Triple H and Stephanie versus Ronda uh, and Kurt Angle. Even the Miz and Maurice versus Nikki and John Cena. There's just something, man, about a mixed, ma- a, a, like a, a mixed tag match that does something. And this match fucking ruled. So the match we're talking about is Luna and Tafka Goldust versus Sable and Mark Merrow. The mixed tag rules. Oh, they Tafka have really... is the artist formerly known yeah. as Tafka. They're yeah. different. There's not now. We have it is. It's mandatory that when one gender tags out, the other team automatically has to swap to the same gender in the ring. Not the case in this match. This is very confusing for me, and it was like like my early notes in this were just like this gimmick sucks because also you know the things that Sable does later in the match did not. You know, they were hiding, they were keeping that for later in the match. Yeah. So, like, early in the match, it was um, Mark Merrow and Goldust wrestling, and then, um, and then they would tag, and I think, I think, like, I think Merrow would tag Sable, and then, like, uh, uh, Goldust would tag Luna Vachon, and then Luna would run. And it was a lot of running and chasing, and I was like, this is not fun. And then it gets better. Well, they wanted, first of all, they wanted to make you mad that way. But I didn't like Luna running from Sable because Luna's not afraid of Sable. Right. Luna has no reason to be yeah. afraid of Sable. I would have liked it to have been more like mind gamey. It'd be like, you can catch me. Oh, you want me, aren't you? You're so mad. Like, it should have been played a little bit more like that. Yeah. And playing it that she's a favorite makes no sense because Luna could fucking beat the shit of most guys. Like, it's, unbe- it's unbelievable that she'd be afraid of Sable. Um, yeah, I I, I mean, the, the story in my mind was that, that Sable wants her so bad and she knows that she wants her that bad. she's been pushed so far. That, yeah. So, so I can like, see the argument for that. Um, and Sable sold that. Sable yeah. sold the fact that she really wanted Sable to get was great at this. Ring. Uh, maybe because so, I didn't rewatch the Raws, I didn't like get that build as much. No, I think that this is more just me doing the work for WWE <laughs> okay. in my head. Right, 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 right. Um, uh, Sable's ring gear looks incredible. Such a smart move. The way that she did her hair and everything. Yeah. So smart. She looks so good. It's it's she is a fucking the the reaction she gets from the audience in this match is insane yeah. it is nuts the way they, no one gets as big a pop from her all night except for austin yeah. no one 
She is huge. Her first match, you know, is she going to be doing, is she out there like Charlotte Flair? Absolutely not. But she holds her own. And more importantly, Luna puts her the fuck over. Yeah, she did. She Luna puts her the fuck over. She had a great power bomb. She had a great D, Go uh, back. I, I, this match, I've been obsessed with. So famously after this match, um, Sable is lauded for doing a good job for the first time ever in the, like first time ever wrestling. Yeah. Um, tons of, he praised heaped on her so much. And famously, it was only Owen Hart who went over to Luna and was like, you did a great, like, you made her look this good. Yeah. Because she did. And if you look at that power bomb, like, and you could really see Luna positioning herself and she's doing all the work, man. Mm. She is doing, I, I like, you don't see that as much in the moves, I think. But if you watch Luna, I think on the power bomb spot and on the TKO, TKO spot, which I guess are the only two spots, really. Yeah. Um, like, watch her arms, like, watch the tension in her arms, watch the way she positions herself, how she pushes off Sable's thighs and hips and like, it's crazy to see. It really made me watch for it, be, having heard that. And you see Luna really fucking carried her here. That's cool. Sybil did good. Not the, not the same way that Sybil didn't do a good job, but... Sure, sure, Luna sure. was equally... Luna was the workhorse, sure. Yeah. But Sable's the one that you could actually build a women's division around. Oh, 100%. And she had a really good hot tag. Like, it, yeah. I don't know if it's considered a hot tag. Oh, it was a hot tag, yeah. 100%. She just, like, she ran... She was running out, like... Gold she kicked and- gold and then she tried to get that pin on gold dust. That, oh, that sequence was so good. It is good. This uh, was a good match. Meltzer, notice- give Meltzer fame. Who, again, I, I know famously is one of my trigger words. <laughs> um, the Dave Meltzer who doesn't like, who was very hard on Sable throughout her career and is also usually very hard on gimmicky sort of things like this. Hated gold dust. Um, get this match three and a half stars, wow. which is pretty big. Um, did you notice another DDT flip happened? No, I didn't. Uh, Goldust gave I think or it was Mero and Goldust somebody did a DDT to somebody and they flipped over uh, keep that in, in mind also uh, I want to point out that uh, in um, Luna Vachon's promo she goes I'm going to take her Estee Lauder face and rearrange it into an Andy Warhol and I was Original. like like a like a like a Campbell soup can, like a neon uh, color. Like yeah, do, I know, I know. Yeah, you're gonna do like a like four four versions of Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> yeah, like, I wanted like I think I think what she was going for was Picasso. Oh, oh, Pollock or, or, or Picasso because at least he does figures that are all like fucked up. Well, Picasso would be blood splatters. Uh, I think we could you know listen. Yeah, yeah. Let us have this promo. Sure, 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 sure. But it. like either one of those are better answers than Andy Warhol. <laughs> Who made beautiful women look so pretty beautiful? <laughs> it was it was like the most uh, advertising type. Yeah, like of but art. like Dolly Parton, Debbie Harry look great in it as an Andy Warhol. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sable would look great as an Andy Warhol. Painting. I'm gonna take her Estee Lauder face and turn it into a photorealistic tattoo on Ink Master. All right, go for it. Look, Estee Lauder is all about living moss. <laughs> And I guess the last thing I'll say about this match is uh, kudos to Goldust for all that dick trauma that he got in this one. A lot of dick trauma. Yeah. Also, I think this was one of those, you know, you talk about WrestleMania moments. This was a good WrestleMania moment. This was like Sable getting revenge, and it was, yeah, it, was, it, was it was fulfilling. And moving from a great WrestleMania moment to a hoo-boy WrestleMania moment, <sighs> we have Tennessee Lee in the ring. Who's Tennessee Lee? Uh, I know he's working now as, I don't know his history, but working as Jeff Jarrett's manager. Jeff Jarrett was kicked out of the new NWA alliance and is just going back to his 
old character for the minute. Is there any reason why he was kicked out or? Um, I just think this angle's not working. Well, I don't. Yeah. I actually, I don't, I don't know. There's I, a whole lot that's not working. But I know the storyline like that he was out of the out of the faction and doing this. I think at this point they realize this angle sucks, and Jared is no dummy, and he probably was like, I want, I don't want this is radioactive. I want off this angle, or like I. That sense getting him out I of here is better. I need to go back to my old outfit with the uh, with the light up glasses and what is the th- the three um, like the, the little panels of cloth that it's like, just a design choice. Front. It's a not a good one. He was like, "Get me my answering machine." <laughs> um, I my note for this was what is, in all caps. What is happening? Because I was just like, "Why is he coming out with Jennifer Flowers?" Like, and also, like, she was being... They essentially were, like, playing her off, I feel like. Backstage, they were, like, trying to start the music, and she's still trying to, like, crack jokes, and it was like... And oh, she had oh, to make the announcement? Oh, like, she doesn't know how to fucking do oh anything. God. And she's, like, trying to get the, the ref to hold the paper. It was just... The whole thing was just so... was, like, awkward and uncomfortable. I, I think this was around... Like, this is basically later this... Earlier this month, I think, was when um, Bill Clinton admitted to having the affair with her. So I think that's why she was... Really on the tip of the tongue. Oh yeah, I mean she was all over everything. She would have done. She would have shown up to the opening of an envelope if they would have her. Right. Uh, the, hey, that, that's my Lawler <laughs> joke for the night. <laughs> the opening. Imagine, imagine if, if they could have had her for that the million dollar giveaway, the casket. <laughs> oh. oh, would have been great. Stop wiggling it, Jennifer. So then we've got the Rock versus Ken Shanrock. Did um, we? Did we not have this match last month? I think we. Did. They've yeah. been feuding for a while. Yeah. It's great like though. I don't care. I can watch these two wrestle a lot. Yeah, yeah and not just because know. they're both so fucking hot. And also, Ken Shamrock at this WrestleMania is looking swole as fuck. Like I don't know if he didn't like touch a glass of water in the last three days. If he did ten thousand push-ups before hitting the ring, but he is looking jacked, my friends. And as someone who deeply studies every crevice of Ken Shamrock's body on the screen. <laughs> I will tell you, there is a marked difference. So I don't know what he was doing, but he was jacked up on this, and he was looking great. I, I went on a real emotional ride through this match. Um, there were times... At, <laughs> Drive know, us, Eric. Thank you. Uh, at first, I liked it. Uh, then I started getting a little bit annoyed. Um, I like, Then I, I got I, a little bit sleepy. <laughs> then I had a sandwich. Um, I, I forget when I. I think when I got annoyed was like it was like when they started redoing all the all the stuff that they had done last month. It was like a lot of the same beats. Uh, yeah, sure, but uh, but within a match like this, you're going to see that because it's I've gotten to know you. I've gotten to know your moveset. These these are the things that I do. This is the way that I counter it. That kind of thing. No, I, I know, but I don't know. That's how I felt. Then um, I really liked when Farouk showed up <sighs> in the end. So okay, so uh, to walk through the match briefly, they have their match. That you know, um, there's a part. There, I think does it end? It ends with Rocky like being submitted using the ankle lock. Oh no, there is so much more that we have to talk about before that because when Ken Shamrock brings in the chair and then oh, yeah. shoves Cheers. the referee when he tries to use the chair and then um Rock. that fucking chair shot to Ken Shamrock's head that I still see every time I close my eyes holy shit yeah. that was uh I remember I screamed fuck into an empty apartment that was just a unprotected chair shot hard as can be and then Ken just Shamrock got right back up Ken Shamrock took Rock aside backstage before this uh, Rock has talked about it in interviews, mm-hmm. uh, and told and Ken and, to, and Ken Shamrock was like, "Listen, buddy, 
I want you to fucking hit me with this chair. Like, fucking hit me like with he this says, chair. Like, he said to him, I'm not going to sell it unless you hit me with yeah. it. And the, and the, but the Rock kept being like, I'm going to hit you with this fucking chair. And they both were like, good, hit me with this fucking chair. And he's like, you, he's like I'm, I'm really going to hit you with this chair. And boy, he fucking hit him hit with that him chair. Hit him with that chair. Oh, wow. God. And it's like, honestly... It is so cool to watch, uh-huh. but I don't want to see. Don't it. advocate it. I don't want to see it but again. But look, but there's going to be a lot of cool. I, I just can't believe like how prevalent they were at a time. I didn't mm-hmm. even realize it because now when they went away, coming back, it is. It's a, like it's shocking to see. It's yeah. it's like d- unsettling in a way that I can't believe how commonplace they were for so long when I was watching. But it's it's all it's crazy like the leeway that the refs will give during the attitude era. It's based you could do whatever the fuck you Run-ins. want. Run-ins. Yeah. I want you to murder me. <laughs> but basically the rock is suffering through this. The members of the nation are coming down almost one by one. And when did the rock's mouth get bloodied? I don't know and I believe it's also not um that wasn't a work mm-hmm. that that he just he got busted open the hard way. Yeah, um, and you know, so... I think The Rock claims actually he had a busted lung during this. Busted lung? I do. I do think he, he claimed it was some kind of internal injury. I mean, the same thing happened to Shamrock with yeah. Farouk a few right. like, months earlier. Uh, yeah, so he's he's put it in a submission lock. He's His mouth is all bloody. So uh, the other Which nation... is one of the first times I think I've seen any crimson on The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he submits, and then uh, Shamrock goes crazy some more. Well, then Farouk shows up. Well, Farouk uh, shows up before they... So the ending plays out like this. They, and the Nation Nation guys come down. Shamrock takes them out one by one. He's keeping The Rock in the ankle lock. The Rock needs after help. After the submission. I think this is before he submitted them. I thought it was after. I think Farouk walking away happens and then he submits and that's like the big conclusion of the story that also Farouk helped cost no, him no, the, no, the no. belt. He definitely, he definitely lost and then... And then um, he definitely submitted and then... Uh, Farouk came down after because basically yeah I think Eric's right on this uh, Ken Shamrock was just like I'm gonna fuck you up and like he was you're like, right you're right, you're right. he, like, he, submit, me, he submits and then D'Lo comma Mark Henry he get all taken out of belly to back suplexes right then so he then, puts then, angle lock back on I, the rock. so I really like the Farouk stuff I like the like this is this like I was like oh man this is for me was a, the, the more the more fun part of the match because I'm like I like to watch the story develop um, I hated the reversal in that where they were like, and now The Rock gets to keep his belt because he's he pushed some refs. I I like the reversal because that led to Shamrock going even crazier. And as soon as The Rock was on that stretcher, my heart of hearts was like, oh, you got to attack that stretcher. You got to attack that stretcher. And when he did, that's I was the final, so happy. That's the final act of my ride, yeah. which was I liked the beatdown. I liked where they went with that. And so I... It was a very, it was a very weird match for me to to experience because uh, I, you know, like I'm not a big fan of the of the uh, was it uh, dusty finishes mm-hmm. or yeah, I'm not a big fan of the dusty finishes. I don't like the way that, that that they like kind of put the belt back on on Rock for like these weird this weird thing. But what it led to, I was happy with. Mm-hmm. So they cut out my boy Ahmed Johnson from the Attitude Era promo. He had a promo? He was part of the like, He was one I of was the, a football yeah, player. I was a football player. Yeah. Um, and didn't they replace him with Mark Merrow, I want to say? <laughs> like, no, I mean, they had Mark Merrow in before. It's like, uh, actually, this commercial doesn't have to be this long, honestly. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Ahmed Johnson was like, <laughs> Well, he said he was, I lost my girlfriend in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I almost lost my kidney. <laughs> but then we go to another 
Great match. Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie versus the New Age Outlaws. Wow. This was a fun match. They time. said this was the first ever dumpster match, and I would say that while there are a lot of Godwin matches out there, this is definitely <laughs> not the first recorded dumpster match. But this is the better one. Road Dog found his extra G. He's now Road Dog. Road Dog 420. 420. Oh, man. When did 420 become a thing? I think it is, was always a thing and but we we didn't understand until we were teenagers so it took to us it was new we were 12 probably you know what i mean Mm -hmm. respectively but each time we were 12 it felt new but does 420 come from what it's the police code the police code was always wait so the the police had a code for your smoking pot yeah we got a 420 like i mean they have codes for everything we got a 420 here yeah just like the story was 311 was the police code for indecent exposure Really? Did not know that. Or maybe they just wanted to give information. Although everyone in my that'd high school... Four, that'd be 411. Uh, well, in the... Oh, oh, they wanted to make a public complaint. <laughs> if you want to repeat... If you want to report something. I want to report my landlord. My, 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 my landlord hasn't turned on the heat, you guys. We changed a lot of the answer, so... <laughs> There were a bunch of kids in my high school that thought... Aaron, wait, not for one minute do I ever doubt that you would know 311 lyrics. (laughs) I knew that you would know. Um, There were a bunch of kids in my high school that thought 311 meant uh, the Ku Klux Klan. What? Because K is the the 11th uh, letter. Well, they are from Nebraska. I didn't know that. Because I'm Nick Hexum, (laughs) the one who knows about things. Yeah, uh, one of my oldest friends uh, was a huge 311 fan, and I've made fun of him like for a lo- 20 consecutive years. Still, to this day. I really love, though, that, that this is a dumpster match and that it comes off of a build where the New Age Outlaws used a dumpster to try to murder these two guys and have been basically, in the weeks intervening, been bringing out dumpsters as like a yeah. threatening thing. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. I like that at the beginning, or, or kind of pretty early on in the match, JR goes, this is not going to be pretty. It is not going to be scientific. And I was like, you mean they're not going to like experiment with uh, reproducible conditions? They're not <laughs> going to test a hypothesis and just see if it, if it comes through? The scientific method was thrown out the window. Thrown <laughs> in the dumpster. Yeah, there, there's not going to be an Estee Lauder face. <laughs> there's not going to be an Andy Warhol here. I like Billy Gunn's, um, mis- this is all badass Billy Gunn now, Mr. Ass, nice mm-hmm. ass, Mr. on the ass. back of his shirt. Yeah. Also, uh, on the front of, of Road Dog's shirt, it says, like, look, ma, no curses? I think that's what it said, too. I was really looking over and over And then again. on the back it says, 420, ha, 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 I gotcha. So no curses, though. Got you there. And I'm sure you love the fact that Billy Gunn is wearing less and less clothing every time we yeah, see him. Yeah, he's in the, the shorts. He's in the little boycott shorts that I, I were were strange and new to me as, as like a let's say ninety eight. So I'm I'm oof, I am thirteen. God, I'm not yet thirteen. I'm twelve going on thirteen. So you're just a walking masturbation factor. I am just like I don't know, but I, I want. Need to, I need to get back in my room I want, right now. I want to put myself in everything, and I want everything in myself. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Uh, but definitely that like opened my whole world where I was like, whoa, there's, whoa. <laughs> um, who threw out all of those metal trays? <laughs> they, there were so many headshots with like a bunch of catering trays. And I was like, why are they throwing those in the dumpster? They can be, those can be used. <laughs> no, <laughs> you need to replace the tray every single time. <laughs> that's, how rich, that's how the rich live. <laughs> this won't do. Is this a used tray? <laughs> Are you saying cookies have been baked upon this sheet once before? Out with you. 
No, no, I, I use some uh, wax paper. No! <laughs> what is a wax paper? <laughs> Sorry, Dowager Countess. Um, I really liked the... There was a spot where uh, Cactus Jack brought out a ladder. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he gets up on the ladder. Oh, and, 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 and I was saying the whole... T- why is he doing... What is he doing with the ladder? What What is the purpose of this ladder right here? You know, no one actually knows. <laughs> But the the purpose, I guess, was for Billy Gunn to climb the ladder, and then for uh, Chainsaw, uh, what's his name? Chainsaw, Charlie. Chainsaw Charlie. But he's to, basically playing Terry Funk. He's tonight. just Terry yeah. Funk. They call him Terry Funk. He's just I don't know why. Yeah. But uh, for him to get hit and fall backwards into the ladder, and then they both go into the dumpster. That was a very cool spot. Very it was cool. A spot. Very cool spot. And then I was so concerned though because the lid of the dumpster went inside the dumpster and we all know the stipulation of any dumpster match is that the lid must be shut on both combatants so is it it's more than shut honestly well but they're only <laughs> they need a second lid to... they do have two lids on it though generally but also there's only two no no the second both, lid, both a, a second layer lid like a double eyelid oh, like yeah, the yeah. way snakes have something but they got but they didn't have both partners in yeah so it wouldn't have been um, you'd have both in the dumpster no uh i agree i i was thinking though that like the way that this match started going was a little bit like Mousetrap, where it was like a Rube Goldberg machine. Uh-huh, like, yeah. first we get the ladder, mm-hmm. then we get the wrestler. You then turn, it goes you up. turn the crank yeah. and hits the hits the, the, guy hits, yeah, the hits boot the knocks the marble down. The guy hits the chainsaw. The chainsaw hits the ladder. The trap is set. Here comes the neck. Mousetrap. It's guaranteed. It's the craziest game you've ever seen. Oh, wait for that bathtub. <laughs> As we all know, ever, we all owned Mousetrap. For about a month in our lives before we lost every single piece. Oh, and well, no, also nobody ever well, actually, played Mousetrap. No, I'm sorry. To make we just lost go. one piece, but it was the one piece that you needed the most. It was the rubber band. <laughs> yeah, it was like, the rubber band. It was the ball possibly. you needed to. And yet nobody ever played a full game. Of, you're right, Eric. No, no one ever played a full game. You just wanted to be like, you let's just set this set up the and thing up and go. make it go. Nobody rolled the dice and was like, <laughs> okay, where do we go? Where do we go next? Don't nobody set off the mousetrap. <laughs> that was the whole point of mousetrap was don't set off the mousetrap. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with them? <laughs> We've got fireworks, the board game. Don't set off the fireworks or you lose. King had no idea what was going on during this match. No. Several times he, he was asking questions and, and JR is doing his very best to, to, to move him along forward. <laughs> I will say I could not think of a less painful looking spot, which he's very uh, like uncharacteristic for this match and these participants, that when Mick Foley, I believe it was, got thrown into the giant empty surge bottles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't imagine any way that would hurt. Oh, it was Powerade. Oh, were there? Oh, no, no, they were both. They were both. <laughs> what purpose do those hold? I think I think I want to say they were the ones that were like they're like little refrigerator. Cases that it, I, no, I, I no, think, I think they, they fill it with liquid, and that's what they pour on the wrestlers before they go out. <laughs> that's how they get so wet. But I was like, like I can only assume it was by concession stands. They would have these giant bottles so that you would know that you could get surge cola there. What well, they should still do if you could find surge cola now? I'd like to know. And I think after they threw them in, I, I remember Road Dog just being like, "Yeah, yeah, that's what we do." <laughs> surge, we're extreme. <laughs> um, like I mean, this shit was extreme because. Uh, Terry Funk's bloody back welt. That, Bruce, that, that, that back welt was bad. He went to the hospital. For, he was hospitalized for it. And he didn't want to go, but his wife stopped Bruce Pritchard and the agents and was like, no, he's got to get this looked at. That's some nasty shit. And I've seen him do some nasty shit, basically. 
Right. Like, I've taken and I feel like this is the barbed time... wire out of his eye. Ooh, don't call me this. And again, I, I'm just parroting Bruce Pressure's podcast. Like things I've picked up along my wrestling knowledge along the way. But I also believe there's a story about Terry Funk sneaking. Um, he was drinking vodka orange juice and like sneaking it with him to the hospital in a, in a to-go cup. That sounds or, or in an IV bag. <laughs> Shit, man. After that, whatever you got to hey, do. you let Terry Funk let because him have. Terry Funk is also apparently a full-time stevedore. Oh, I was going to say, he is not qualified to, to operate no, that No, I believe that Terry Funk is 100% like certified. <laughs> I don't do think that. he's qualified to operate the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> They removed the chain off the chainsaw. They That forklift, you need to have a union card, my friend. At the end of that match, Terry Funk is raving like an insane person. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I buy every second of it. Uh, no, it was fantastic. I, I'm so glad they happened to bring a second dumpster. Yeah, I didn't realize that there was that another dumpster was allowed. I thought you could only go into the one dumpster. To WrestleMania generates a lot of trash and... You want to go over the uh, the finish of this, Bobby? They're fighting backstage. They fight the outlaws onto the bed of a forklift. Chainsaw Charlie raises the forklift, drives it over to a nearby dumpster, deposits the outlaws in. Cactus Jack closes the lids. Chainsaw Charlie puts the forklift over the lids, trapping them inside as they bang on the side, tormenting the outlaws, finally getting their vengeance and winning the tag team title. And it then the outlaws beautiful. died. <laughs> It was and like, they're still there. It now. was like season two of The Wire. They those <laughs> those Russian sex workers. So now, for ten months, the story of Undertaker and Kane has been going on. Yep, it's been ten months since uh, Paul Bearer first announced that he had a dark secret for the Undertaker. Blackmailed him. Eventually revealed his brother Kane was still alive. Kane shows up at. Um, Hell in a Cell in October and we're now in the end of March 10 months of just building and building and building this story and keeping these guys apart but still like making it make sense and keeping them entangled in the same story and then they decide to start this off with Pete Rose well well let's talk about that package because uh, Monsieur Eric. Wait, wait. Can we get? Should we do Pete Rose first? Can we get out of the way? Then we can go into the package and Undertaker sure. stuff. Okay. Because I need you guys to recap and historian. Who I is Pete this. Rose? I got this. You want? You, you got it. I don't know right. anything about him other than like wrestling appearances. Oh man. I know he's a baseball person, but I don't know anything about. I've got. Him. You know what? I've got a good Pete Rose story. Let's all hear right. it. So first of all, uh, Pete Rose was um, an amazing baseball player. Like I think had the the. The record for like the most hits. most hits, yeah, most hits. Like that's what I think what they call him. I think the hit king or something. Yep. And this, so Pete Rose um, fa- uh, played with the the Cincinnati Reds. I know he was the manager for the Reds. I don't know yeah. that he was a, a ball player on there. Okay, that that's fair. Um, so amazing, amazing ball player. Like I don't know if his record's been broken yet. It might have been recently, but like for year decades, it was it was preserved. Uh, became a manager, uh, I think was a was a very good manager as well. Like just an all around. Well, it was the Cincinnati Reds, so I don't know how good could true. He be. But let's just say he was uh, in performance standards a Hall of Famer. Okay. And then he got caught uh, gambling on 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 baseball. He bet oh. on sports. Never for his own team. Like he he never like 
bet on his own team to win or lose or anything like that. Okay, okay. But okay. he was betting on other games, and so he just became persona non grata among the um, the baseball media, who are the ones who vote people in for the Hall of Fame. I think and he the, was banned from baseball. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and but the oh, Hall of Fame rules know. are so strict that like you only have a small window of eligibility after you retire to be put into the Hall of Fame. Um, so he has never been put in there. He it's, is, not like, however, it's not like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where literally <laughs> 30 years could go by and they're like, well, we have to put you in. He is, however, in the WWE Hall of Fame, so I LOL'd a little uh, bit of that future Hall of Famer line that they threw in there at the start. Um, so here's my... So this guy, it's like it's considered one of like... I, you know, a lot of people consider it kind of like a, a like one of the big injustices around yeah, it's baseball. Yeah, um, The funny thing, personally for me, is that I come from a family of of collectors, or I guess my dad's a big collector. Like, I grew up. I, Reed Hoarder. Yeah, uh, I grew up at at comic shows. I I was literally sleeping under tables at comic shows while my dad was selling comics. Um, when I, you know, I have we have. Uh, about, probably about a hundred thousand comic books in our in our house. Like, like I never do this. Oh yeah, we have uh, like at least a hundred comic book comic boxes, and each box holds I don't know what. They're all over his childhood bed. <laughs> I have so many comic books, right? So and my dad has like you know the first appearance of Wolverine, like all kinds of like X Men one somewhere. Doesn't know where any of it is, but it's somewhere. Uh. And every time my dad gave me a toy, like a lot of my toys, you know, were comic book based and, and like, you know, so I was really into like the Marvel Secret Wars and like the superpowers DC stuff. Every time my dad gave me a toy, he goes, now you could play with this or you could leave it in a box and it will be worth something in, you know, a couple of years. And I was like, well, I will obviously play with this. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm 10. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad and my brother bought um a bunch of Wheaties boxes like 20 Wheaties boxes with Pete Rose on on the on the on the box thinking they were like they were going to hold on to it and they thought he's going to hit the Hall of Fame <laughs> these are going to be worth a bunch of money they made a, like an investment in it and the ongoing joke at some point you know the ongoing joke by the by the time that Pete Rose was like banned from baseball never going to make it into the Hall of Fame was that these boxes of Wheaties were like probably all maggots. <laughs> and like, I, they're and, like, actually I, worth less, actually, <laughs> than they were when they bought them. Yeah, like we probably had an infestation. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that was like a, the, the running gag for like most of my childhood was that these fucking Wheaties boxes because <laughs> fucking Pete Rose had to, had to gamble and get caught. So, yeah. I have a, a, a very personal connection. So to was it cathartic him. for you to watch Kane come out and destroy him? Uh, I uh, Well, first of all, I, I did note, again, Pete Rose following the trajectory of disgraced athletes coming on to WWE. Oh, yeah. uh, I also, Mike Tyson, Jennifer Flowers, they're all here. Oh, yeah, all <laughs> the disgraced athletes of our time. Um, I also thought, I, I was wondering, like, was it, was it him, like, purposely being a heel, or is that just how he is? To just like you know, shit on the crowd. Yeah, because what well, if you're in Boston and you get Pete Rose, like the, that's the only way that you can go with this here, right? Because... Right. He, no one's no one in Boston's gonna be like, no, oh, oh Pete Rose. Yeah. So by the way, just again fill you in, 
a lot of the stuff that that um, Pete Rose brings up is like things around the Red Sox and their, right, their curse. So you, you know about like Bill Buckner and they talk, you know, like Bill. They spent any amount of time and like you you get off the bus in Boston and they're like fucking Buckner and they're like fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. Buckner very famously like missed like a really easy ball that was like hit. he was at first base and it was like it, it like went to him and it just went through his went legs. Through his legs yeah. And this was like the game that would have clinched the the World Series for them. Okay. Um, Bobby could not care less. <laughs> hey. He's like a baseball bad well, boy. It wasn't and, the World uh, Series. It was the... Um... No, it was Game 6 of the World Series against the Mets. And... Yes. And yes, the ball yes, went yes. through. It was, it was. Yeah, yeah. Because... I, I come from a Red Sox family. We. It was. I. At Thanksgiving Day, we uh, we give thanks that Buckner is now dead and we... <laughs> No. I for well no I was the only reason I was saying that was I I always I always forget that like Boston and and uh, and New York never play each other in the World Series they always play each other right before in the American League Championship but it was the Mets no what I'm saying is I I briefly, oh, oh, yeah, I briefly yeah. was the, like wait a minute the Red Sox Yankees rivalry got it got it got it got it got it got it anyway um let's get into like much cooler stuff which is the build for so. Uh, Kane does the, the does the tombstone. Uh-huh. Is that what you want to get into? No, I want to get into the build, the package, that, like that the package that. Okay, but Kane does a tombstone to Pete Rose, uh-huh. which is great. Uh, you can see the tonsure in Pete Rose's like a uh, <laughs> little like bald spot. He would just, you know, God love him. He doesn't care about. He gets taken away. Let's talk about the package. Let's talk about this package. Ask us questions. Oh my God. Uh, let me get to my note on this, because, like, what the fuck? Well, because last time we saw, Undertaker was in a coffin that was filled with gasoline he was cremated. And, and lit on fire. He was cremated. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, first of all, in the package, uh, I don't know, who did the package? It wasn't Pettengill, was it? Oh, I don't remember now. Anyway, uh, he go, the, somebody goes, in one glorious moment, two estranged souls became one. And I don't think that they know what they were saying when they said that because i was like what do you mean the spice girls wrote that song about (laughs) kane and the undertaker coming together yeah i was was gonna say like did they ejaculate at the same time (laughs) this is amazing um i okay i missed all of the lightning strikes that came out of first of all a lightning strike appearance of Undertaker, and now everybody's got lightning. There's lightning everywhere. Yes. Kane and the Undertaker now have lightning powers. It started. Um, Kane was supposed to fight Stone Cold Steve Austin, then DX attacked Austin before he could ever like get down to the ring. Paul Bearer is is going nuts, telling Kane to beat up a fan, and then the timekeeper, and then he they bring the bell into the ring, and they're going to give the Undertaker a ten bell salute because he's dead. <laughs> and then after the salute, which I think that they missed a moment here because it should have been instead of the tenth bell, it should have the light should have gone out, and it should have been the gong. But whatever, the lights go out. There's the gong. All of a sudden, there is a coffin at the top of the ramp that gets struck by lightning, and the Undertaker sits up from it. Uh, we've we've had a lot of moments on this podcast where, uh, you, you know, you've claimed that Undertaker and Kane have the power of fire, and I've been like uh, very incredulous about that. I totally believe that they have power yeah. over lightning. Kane. The lightning <laughs> sold it. The, the fire never sold it for me. The lightning. Oh. Well, no. So, so, so the lightning strikes, and then immediately afterwards, Kane 
raises a wall of fire that Undertaker walks through to get down. You should go back and watch these raws now. Yeah, you they. It's all it's all in the raw the raw notes on this one here. You can go back and find every episode on like every day. Those like I am a grown ass man and I am fully believing their magic. Like I am fully like oh no those are two monster beasts from the undead that can control lightning and fire. Yeah, uh huh, that checks out. Yeah, I 100 percent believe that's true. Smoke cigarettes when they were (laughs) ten. They also do a great angle in the weeks leading up to this that that involves tangentially Sable. And I think it's a really beautiful... I think it was on a Raw. And I, I remember watching this as a kid because I was a huge Sable mark. Everyone was. Again, she's the biggest star in the company after Austin. Um, and it looked like Kane kept doing his thing where he runs out and he just, you know, tombstone, chokeslams whoever's in the ring. And it looked like he was coming for Sable. And she's doing her best, like, final girl. Like, like, crawling on the ground, like, all yeah. afraid. Uh, and the lights came out and it's Taker who saves her. And the effectiveness of that storytelling and audience expectations, because as the audience, we love Sable. We love her. And we are so scared of Kane, and we are so afraid right now for Sable that for the Undertaker to appear and save her, like, instantly rocketed him to being this huge baby. Like, the reaction, the actual true relief I felt watching it. Undertaker cut a promo at its at his parents' graves. Oh, so good. Ah. Um, asking them to forgive him for the sin that he is going to commit when in facing and finally fighting his brother. Wow. Um, then Kane, um, Kane claims to have all the same powers as the Undertaker, so he starts like shooting lightning bolts around the room, like at at like one of the guys holding the spotlights and stuff like that. There was a lot and, of lightning, and then he literally sets a crew member on fire. Yeah. Yeah, the that that there was a lot. There were like there was a, a literal person on fire, mm-hmm. and then like an effigy of Cain that was lit on fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of fire, a lot of Holocaust. Yeah. Uh, people. The build to this is some of the best build that WWF has ever done. There's never been a launch of a character like Kane. It's just like the his debut, every step of the way has and been see, this, great. This is not, uh, you know, a reaction. You know what I mean? Like we were talking back to the beginning. Uh, oh yeah, I mean this, this is, is not of... this was not accidental. This was this is all very this is, like well, this is happening. This, yeah, yeah. this is a good, a well crafted story mm-hmm. that came from really weird roots and didn't work. From I would first, love but... to see a version of this. You know, there was like a big craze. I feel like maybe eight or so years back, where they would make like anime versions of Marvel properties. Yeah, yeah. I want to see them do that with this story. Like take it out of the wrestling ring, all out of the wrestling world. All together, just the story of these two brothers that have to fight now, and like I, I kind of want to see like an anime dramatization of this exact story. I would watch that. 100%. So make it happen, Coming Netflix. To WWE Network. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, WWE Network. Get on Camp that. WWE. Shit. Why presents. don't they do that, man? Here's the thing, WWE. If you're listening, which you are, definitely not. But <laughs> we are number uh, one forty nine in the uh, well, WWE. WWE Norway's office loves us, uh, <laughs> but. Why don't they go through stories they have written and produce that? Yeah. Animate that. That'd be cool. There's these stories like this all over the place. I don't, I, you know, I think not having the time to sit and take a a breath. I, I wonder who is working on all this other stuff and what kind of timetable they're on. Because like they should be on a timetable where they're like, hey, here's all our properties. Have at it. Like the way that like Alan Moore was just like, 
I'm going to do Swamp Thing. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, sure, man. Nobody cares about Swamp Thing. And then he just fucking... Yeah, or like, hey, you know all those uh, those Charlton Comics characters we right. acquired? I'm right. going to do a thing based off of them. Right, and, and, then, and, then, and then they didn't even let him do it. No, <laughs> and then he's like, just like, okay, well, I'm going to do my thing anyway, and it's fucking Watchmen. Right, right. He's like, uh, I want to use Blue Beetle. They're like, no, you can't use Blue Beetle. Okay, I'll uh, call him Night Owl. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, taker's entrance that entrance holy so shit cool. it's the best taker entrance to this point mm-hmm. in his career are you saying when he comes down like the batman uh, not yeah yeah not batman the batman he still uses the the teardrop tattoo. i know but the gear is good and the druids are awesome yeah the druids uh the o fortuna they they called yes. him the prince of darkness as he came out and i said no sir that is a king right there. Oh, damn. Wow. And what a great way to get both Undertaker this great entrance. Kane has this segment with Pete Rose. They're both getting over here. I know this isn't our point of our podcast, but how does a torch work? Excuse me? What do you mean? A torch. How do, like what a, do you mean? Well, I mean, just like, why doesn't an entire torch catch on fire? Oh, because, um, A, the, you know when you, I, I'm assuming. I literally don't know, uh, but I'm saying I'm using my context clues. Um, you know when you like use wooden skewers on a barbecue and you soak them first, they don't catch. Okay. So I think the wood is soaked, and I think what's burning is not the wood. What's burning? There's an accelerant yeah, at the yeah, top, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. seems like that accelerant would burn up pretty quickly because it's usually like doused in kerosene or something like that. But I think it is. I think doing I, so. A I think sh- here's what happens. Here's what I think. Uh-huh. I think. Uh, Let's all theorize this thing. We can easily Google. <laughs> <laughs> I think. It, I think they they have they have the big wooden stick. And they've got the accelerant, and the accelerant is to get the top of the wooden stick, like, lit. So, basically, you've got that fire going, and okay. the, fire, the fire works off of the, like, a lit in sync, in, in, incense stick. Yeah, like a, or down. like a giant match. A really big match. I don't know, that would be my okay. guess. Okay, I was just wondering it as I watched this, and... Thought I, I'd ask you guys instead of Google. So the, a couple things. Uh, I thought when I when they when they started doing the druids and then the the O Fortuna like the dun 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 dun. Anyway, uh, I was like, this is like the Olympics opening ceremonies. It yes. felt very Beijing. Um, and then, then there is my favorite 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 thing. There's the lightning. There's the druids. There's the torches. They're all lined up, and he's, like, coming through. And then there's Poop Dog 316 <laughs> on a sign. Really took you out of it, huh? I was just like, oh, right. Your First Amendment right. <laughs> and then this match is just fucking cool. Yeah. I like, think it's just a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. It was it was good. Um I mean, oh, oh my God! When Taker dove over the top ropes into the announce table, that was the second time that day I screamed "fuck" into an empty apartment. Awesome, awesome. Uh, they also say for twenty-eight years, Kane has wanted revenge. How old is Kane? Early thirties. Uh, he no, because like, was he four when he died? Was he six? I thought he was more like like eight to ten. So, oh no, I think he was younger, much younger. Oh, because okay, like they were having that was back when. Uh, like nine year old smoke cigarettes. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this five year old Kane's like, yeah, we, we were smoking cigarettes. Yeah, he was, was he's on the corner selling papers, extra, extra. <laughs> I was clocking him at like close to 40 or fit or like 45 based on what they were saying. Uh, 
Okay, and then uh, how far do we want to go? Because I want to talk about the ending. You part. can, yeah, you can go anywhere. Yeah, I, go. I don't have a lot to say about this Same. match, just because, like, again, I was just enjoying it. I really enjoyed the false finishes towards the end. I really, I that's something that I'm not used. I, I wasn't used to seeing then, as we're mm-hmm. very used to seeing now. Um, but even watching this, it stands out on a pay per view that, or just watching a lot of these that we don't see that as often. I mean, my, you mean the tombstones like, that don't? Yeah, that, that don't, don't get the. Don't get. The it's end. much more rare. Finishers used to be so much more protected. Yeah. You never kicked out of the Stone Cold Center. Whatever. Like, finishers these days, it takes. I mean, how many curb stomps did Seth Rollins have to give the Fiend at Hell in a Cell? Literally you know what I mean? 11, like, but the less we say about that. I mean, but I mean, how many Superman punches does this yeah. Roman Reigns dish out in a given night? And there's just like. Yeah, Roman F5s, Reigns, Roman Reigns uh, ate three F5s or something. Maybe. F5s, but really, um, it's, I'm really thinking of John Cena's attitude adjustments. Mm-hmm. Like. Though I mean, like, there's just moves. That just yeah. the only one. That Unless did... it's the pedigree or the RKO. RKO. Yeah. Okay, but um, speaking about those, the tombstones, I, I, I like the the I like the principle of it. I liked it in theory. I thought the kickouts. I like when we're talking about the technical aspects mm-hmm. of it. I did not like the kickouts. I did. Um, there was a point where, first of all, um. Kane was doing the sit-up, but not doing a good a good version of the sit-up. He would just kind of sit up and kind of like lumber, like he was just getting up to do things. It wasn't the sit-up that that he has done in the past that was awesome, where it's like the stark, like jolting upright. Yes, yes. But Kane has been just going through and just devouring every single person in his path. Undertaker is now like the biggest, the only threat that Kane has fought up mm-hmm. until this point. And so now at the end of this match, Kane is tired for the first time that we've ever seen him. Okay. There's also, uh, I think it's on tombstone number two where, uh, Undertaker is moving one of Kane's arms and Kane moves his own yep. arm to go there. And it's like, <laughs> no man, you fucked up. Yep. That's some fake diesel ass shit. Yeah. I wonder if he just has been super nervous too. Mm-hmm. I mean like, but man, what I, I still think this holds up. I do think it was, there was parts of it that were a little, I think Kane, I don't know if it was nerves or, or what, but there definitely were parts where that felt a little sloppy. A little bit, yeah. Um, one of the tombstone reversals, I feel like, that Kane hit. Yeah, yeah. it was it, wooden. It, it was, was bad. It, it just felt like rushed. They weren't, like, luckily they got what they did to be before the fucking, yeah. his head was high enough on his knees it didn't really matter, uh, but it didn't look great. Um, but I think overall this was a, a really fun match, and like you said, in terms of the payoff to, honestly, if you even go further back to, Paul Bear turning on Undertaker at yeah. SummerSlam '96. It's even like you know, it's even more far back if you think about it. Um, it's just an amazing story. I mean, well, given given how dinky like the introduction to WrestleMania was at this part at this point. Oh, while we're talking about that too, I do want to see the graphics that they would show before the match of the two black and white photos. But the red, what was this? It looked like a load screen for a Super Nintendo game. It was yeah. so bad. Or, or like when you go to Great Adventure and you can get the Wanted poster. <laughs> oh, I think it was worse than that. I think it was more pixelated. It, it felt, it literally felt like I was playing like WWF Monday Night Raw on Super Nintendo. Yeah. We um, have the Undertaker what? versus Stone Cold But like you, you know, like given how dinky all of this was, it's like they were like, well, you know what? We're gonna have one match that's gonna have a, an amazing. Uh, 
prologue or whatever, and like this amazing intro, they were just like, you know, we don't need to have the whole event be a, a spectacle. We can just have this match. The match itself, like the beginning of the match was a full-on spectacle. Yeah. It was awesome. I think, obviously, if, if the world were perfect and maybe Kane didn't have, you know, whatever nerves he had or whatever was going on, or maybe if they'd wrestled with each other a little bit more, um, we would get a match that that was befitting of the intro to that match. Yeah, I still think I still think it was. I think they had enough spots in the match that are really memorable. I still think it's you know this is not the end of the story by any stretch, but it does feel like the end of a chapter. I'm satisfied with that. This was all about getting them finally in the ring in like a in a real official way, um, and now the story's going to keep going in wild directions, yeah. and and it's. It's great. It's there's, really There's going to be a really crazy match. In, okay. In this is not a five-star Johnny Organo yeah, match for I'm sure. I'm just but... saying in six months, I'm not gonna be, we're not going to be uh, giving this a, a slammy. No. No, you're right. no. Yeah, you're right. Not at all. Um, and then, Bobby, I think you're better equipped at this than I, but can you describe the next moment that literally brought a tear to my eye? Um, there's a, you know, we had seen the Attitude Era original commercial that was more about uh, these wrestlers are real athletes. They come from real athletic backgrounds, and the the athletics they're performing today are just as challenging, uh, dangerous to be respected as the work they've done in the Olympics or NFL or whatever. Now there's one that's more about the sort of older generation and the newer generation. Um, they have they, they talk that's sort of like reminiscing these like older wrestling icons. Uh, classy Freddie Blassie is one of them. Yep. Uh, Slaughter, one of them? No, um, Monsoon was Monsoon one. Monsoon was. Uh, Magrilla Monsoon. Pat Patterson, maybe. I'm trying know. to remember who it is, but it's like old, old, uh, old timey guys. And like it looked that. like an African American wrestler that I didn't. Uh, Ernie the Cat La- uh, Ernie Ernie Ladd. I want to say maybe. Yeah, I, um, I, know who, I know who you're talking. I think about. I, I think, think he was Ernie Ladd. Now that I'm thinking about it, but um. But yeah, it's just like them reminiscing about the, the pop of the crowd and all this stuff, and kind of like. More about, uh, if the other one was about the athleticism of wrestling, this is almost more about the spectacle of wrestling. If the other one was about um, ESPN, this is about P.T. Barnum. This is like that part of wrestling, but more, I thought. But more than that, for me, the moment where they said, they, they said, we did this to pave the way for this, but we now cheer for them. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, like, like These are the stars. Kills, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, a it was passing like, of the it torch. was like out of Gladiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It was. Uh. It. It felt like Toy Story three at the end. Aw. Like like classy Freddie Blassie, Ernie Ladd, and Gorilla Munson all held hands and jumped in an incinerator. Or oh, I was gonna say they got they got they were like donated to a small. They're child. getting played one with one more time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a very earnest thing. But I I just think it gives you that. Like I said, it gives you the chills. It gives you that feeling. There's like a there's something special here. Like you want to make memories here. And it was definitely a special night because, wow, they got Marvin Hagler? <laughs> I don't know boxers. Yeah, it's so crazy to be watching this, though, in a world where we have the Tyson Fury thing coming up. It's just <laughs> like, oh, I forgot how much we like boxing. Oh, man. Are we ready? We, the yes. main event. Uh, yeah. Do you have any questions about the lead or the build or anything like that? Do you have any seizure disorders? Because I feel dehydrated. I should give you a heads up. <laughs> Uh no man I'm I'm ready for this I I've been ready you know it's funny that we went from Cold Stone's my man to I mean I guess if he doesn't know how to say Stone Cold then maybe that's why he was on the side of of DX but he wasn't I know well okay X generate X degenerations my man yeah we'll talk uh, yeah I I definitely want to talk about that finish but there's a lot to get to let's before talk, we let's get to start that. with with Tyson's entrance 
So first of all, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Tyson cannot find the camera. He is famously. He's Can't like his back is turned and he's doing the the X chop to it, like he's broad in the middle and doing and just completely turned around. Well, there's months earlier when they did the press conference um, in Times Square when they announced Tyson for WrestleMania. Tyson and Austin get in a shoving match yeah. at this press conference, and famously, you can hear. <laughs> Vince McMahon yelling at Mike Tyson, turn around, we can't see your face, because they're fighting and Mike Tyson doesn't know where the camera is. So I think it is just Ugh. part of Mike Tyson. Yeah. The same way Cold Stone. He actually, Mike Tyson allegedly is a hu- actual huge wrestling fan. Well, he just is Mike Tyson and like couldn't yeah. get Stone Cold's name right. Yeah, he, it's yeah, not that he didn't know him. It's not that they were like, hey, Jeremy Piven, can you pretend you like Stone Cold Steve Austin? He's like, yeah, yeah, Stone Cold, Cold Stone, sure, I got it. It's like, no, 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 I, I get why, that. Yeah, it, I don't know why Jeremy Piven was my go-to. <laughs> Feels right, though. Yeah. Feels right. There's something there. Also, just in general, I, I, the, the note I had from this was I absolutely would not trust Mike Tyson with kayfabe. Like, oh, my God. Could you imagine just being like, okay, so I don't really hate him. Um, please, please don't try to attack any of us. Like I just, he just seems like a person who would just kind of be like, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> like you made me angry. Yes. But also watching the build for this, I'm, I'm watching the build here. Like he, he does a good job with everything that he's asked to do on, like on the way here. On the way to this? Okay, yeah. I haven't seen that. Um, there is a, an amazing shoving match between him and Austin in the ring. That's, that's, out of this like insane but again was it the kayfabe for him or was he just like i'm you pushed me i'm gonna fu- i'm fucking angry at you probably mm. kayfabe probably kayfabe i think it was kayfabe but i also think austin was is there was shoving there was a very low bar i think Shawn michaels probably has a reason to worry that in the excitement of wrestlemania mike tyson might forget to pull a punch <laughs> not even that, not, not yeah. out of out of not not being like oh i think this is real and i'm actually mad at you but just in the like doesn't know how i'm a to fucking punch. boxer yeah. like i'm used to punching the shit out of people and now i'm in a ring in front of thousands of people i'm just gonna out of muscle memory punch the shit out of it like yeah. knock your fucking head off yeah so uh also mike tyson gets walked out to the degeneration x music being played live yes uh and okay, so that happens, and it's garbage. It's, oh, it's, it was that band even nineteen ninety eight cool? No, I wouldn't say. I mean, in one other song by them, <laughs> <laughs> like what was nineteen ninety eight? Like that was I would say it would be like Candlebox. Um, I <laughs> I do think the band Fuel no. plays a part of this. No, not even no. I think that band Fuel I remember listening to in 1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1
beats in it. I didn't pick up on that. Not that if I you clock, didn't, but... If you missed it. Anyway. Uh, and then, like, Stone Cold gets in the ring. He's up in Tyson's face. And then they do the entrance music for Shawn Michaels. And then the same band plays the same fucking song, like, within, what, two minutes of playing the song before. It's such a weird look to just be like, okay, so you're going to play this. You're just going to play this song every time a Degeneration X member comes out. Yep. Mm-hmm. It sucked. Yep. Also, remember, think back to very first episode one, The Origins, Horse Break Kid. And I said, there are times when Shawn Michaels comes to the ring with a bunch of braids in his hair. It reminds me of Dressage Horses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a lot of braids. It was his hairstyle. When we said that, I was like, that, this is what was flashing my mind was his hair at this event where he looks like he's doing dressage. He had little bows. Yeah, and, it, was all like, it was like braids that are also then braided together. After this, after this pay-per-view, he actually gets gifted to a very rich girl uh, <laughs> because her father cheated on his mother and he needs, he needs to buy her love. But Shawn Michaels, who at WrestleMania 12 showed up by ziplining from the rafters into the ring is now just like, no, nah, I'm just going to walk out with this band. And the jump cuts between the music video and their entrance, it's I was so like, bad. I want to throw up. It's yeah. like making me nauseous. The jump cuts are so terrible. They never but as a kid, I think I like them. I think they still do them all the time. So I, th- I wonder if it's like an, getting old. Like if like, my brain doesn't work the same. <laughs> I don't know. They're very, you got dis- old brain. They're very disoriented. They're old brain now. They're extremely disoriented. Yeah, I don't like it. But yeah, so then this match happens, though. And knowing what we know about their injuries, knowing what happened to Austin months ago, knowing what happened to Sean much more recently, if you were expecting a subdued affair from these two, these two throw fucking caution to the wind. Now, is this the best match we could have gotten from these two if they were in the health they were a year ago? Definitely not. No. We, definitely not. Is this a bad match by any definition? Definitely not. No, no this is a, entertaining as hell. Also, um, this might be the best match we've gotten out of um, Austin since his injury. Oh, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, I said yes, 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 100%. yes. But uh, he still has a lot of gas in the tank. Austin, mm-hmm. I think, like, his injury was very scary, but I think at this point he's settling into sort of a new normal, whereas Sean is working hurt as hell right now. Like, he is, oh, he, is. he knee, says, right? his back. Oh, he hurts his, back. his he hurts back January Royal Rumble on that casket. Right. Everyone thought he was faking it. He went to his doctors. They thought he was faking it. He went to the WWE doctor. Like, no, he's not faking it. But basically, they came to this agreement that he's like, let's just get to Mania. We have to get to Mania. We have to get this belt onto Austin. It there's no Brett's Brett's gone. Like, we have to do this. We have no option B. Um, so that was the thing. That's why the, they had that ten man tag match as the main event for the previous pay per view because Sean wasn't wrestling. Um, so he's coming to this. He's on tons of fucking. He's on. Up, uppers, downers, ding dongs, and, and lefters, writers. <laughs> yeah, on all of them. Uh, he's on all everything. B A B A select starts. <laughs> he said he said his pain on a scale of one to ten at this point was at an eight during this match. God like, it damn. was excruciating. Now here's a little backstage tidbit for you. Um, Shawn Michaels, as you know, also has a reputation for being a little shit. So there was concern that Shawn wasn't going to like put over Austin. So before the match, so Undertaker had just finished his match. Undertaker very very well this is this is confirmed true story. Under, uh, Undertaker very well respected member of the locker room. Sat down before they made their entrances for the main event, sat in gorilla position so just behind the curtain and taped his fists. Didn't say anything, just taped his fists up and his match was done. So taped his fists up for a fresh fight. And the message he was sending that was totally clear was like 
if Sean, if you don't do the right thing and put over Austin, I'm going to beat the shit out of you when you come back here. And he sat there for the match, silent, didn't say anything, didn't make a threat, didn't say, he just sat there and taped his hands. And to send a message to Shawn Michaels that, like, if you don't fucking do business, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Oh, I love wrestling. Yeah. Wow. So he was just like, he was like, I'm going to be the enforcer. Yeah. He was the true enforcer. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Shawn Michaels ever considered not, or like, that, that was any part of anyone's plan, but just in case. That Undertaker did sat there. He sat in front, right in front of Bruce Pritchard, taped his hands up, and the message was, "If I'm waiting for you, I'll be here waiting when you're done." So I don't have a lot about individual spots for this. I one don't. Here. There was a real nasty turnbuckle spot that Sean took that even Ooh, even I was like, yeah. "Oh my bag, mm-hmm. ow!" Um, uh, okay, well, a couple things I noticed there. Did you did you see when they went out onto the ramp? Um, there was a like it was Austin and, and Michaels out on the ramp fighting, and a girl just like kept smacking Austin's ass and was like so excited about it. Like <laughs> she got him on the way out and she like got a whole a whole cheekful in her hand and she was like Ooh! like she, you could feel that she was like giddy with with the with the, the 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 glory the victory of it and then she just went for him again on the other side and was just like so into it. Uh, then also, I, th- I think the crowd was chanting Holyfield. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, oh, and then um, the other thing I had was, you know, what was Tyson's actual job there? Like, it was... He, Enforcer they, was a very loose... Like, what his authority was made very little sense. They just didn't know... Like, it's like, they didn't know what to have him do because he was just kind of... Stand, like, they'd, they'd wrestle by him and he'd just, like, watch. There was one part where he kind of threw Austin in by his trunks and that and like and that was about it uh but a lot of the time it felt weird having tyson there it felt like he didn't belong except for the end yeah and i wish the story here was just a little bit clearer because this is the last i think we see of tyson like i don't think he shows up on raw the next right night. right and so the story here is degeneration x using numbers take using the number advantage and Austin, who we always think of as this brawler, just recently rock outsmarting him, taking his belt away and all that, doing the working out a deal with Tyson where Tyson is going to he's gonna get in Tyson's face, they're gonna have their shoving matches, but really he's allied with Austin the whole time. Right. Right. And then there's there's like the whole I mean, first of all, I didn't know Tyson could count for Austin. <laughs> like I didn't know he could call pinfalls. None of us did. No. <laughs> uh but then yeah. Austin like throws him a shirt. They uh, Tyson loves work object work, so he loves playing with the shirt. And luckily, shirt. Tyson didn't put on that second shirt because oh my god, who how uncomfortable would he have been oh in two god. shirts? First of all, under those lights, so hot. It would have been so 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 sticky. Well, there's conflicting reports here. There's some that say. Sean was furious. They put the shirt over his face. That he was so that that he split. They had talked about doing that before. They agreed he would. He did not want to do it. He would put over Austin, but he would not let them like do that to him on his way out. Um, and they did it anyway. I'll job, and he but was, I won't job like that. True, that that was that was his yeah. that was his point. That's what some people say. Bruce Pritchard says that's not the case. He says he wasn't that that he was more that he shot down an angle where Tyson would rip off his DX shirt to have the Austin one underneath, which is kind of a retread of the last one. Sean hated that idea. Allegedly, I tend to believe the former story more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels like, and I feel like the, I feel like Sean has told the former story in his book or something. 
Put your fucking um, head in the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but it should have. But I mean, that that would have been the story. Him ripping off the DX right. shirt and having the awesome one underneath. That would have told the story. So it, it does check. Yeah, it does, it does it's, track. It's a little bit like uh, more of the same. What did no, definitely happen, though. It's more of the same. Yeah, it's more of the same, but it's completing the circle. It's telling the story. It, in my mind, it's like he's he wore three shirts. Oh, God. Now we're wearing three shirts. Takes off the first shirt. Then takes off the second shirt. Then under that shirt, there's a there's Don't a the clown shirt. shirt. No, yeah. but but Eric, with, and without you having the hindsight, what did you think the story of this match was? Um, you mean like like as I was watching it? Yeah. I At mean, the I, end, there. I thought. I mean, I thought the story was essentially yeah, like that. That uh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I guess I didn't think of it as like Tyson was was. Um, playing possum the whole time it seemed a little bit to me like i didn't get the sense that tyson was conspiring with uh with austin from that match i got the sense that tyson was kind of like still kind of into the dx thing and like but but got won over by the match and was like impressed with Hmm. with how austin was was how austin beat uh, Shawn Michaels and beat him like literally beat him, uh, like dead on. Like it was a it was a, a a true beating. It wasn't any any kind of screwy finish. And I think after that he was like, okay, like I'm in, you know, I'm down with this. I like I I have to count him out. Like someone's got to count this because this this was like earned. Mike Tyson did the right thing. That's like what I, I, I tell I interpret it too. And I think without the this second and what happened reveal, in Whoville that day, <laughs> Mike Tyson's heart grew three sizes Ex- that day. Exactly. But what, what a red hot angle to end on. What like people? I mean, the mainstream media attention this got was huge. And starting the next night on Raw, we have a whole new like status quo to start from. Yeah. Whole new. It's a whole new world for you, Eric. Don't oh, you dare close your eyes. The 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 Austin having the belt is just like we're in a, we're in the Austin era. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. huge. And big things happen this Monday after WrestleMania. It's one of my favorite wrestling moments of all time. Well, I'm so glad I don't get to watch it right away. Because... Well, after the next episode, you get to watch it. <sighs> then, gonna... better yet, you can skip over all the bad parts. We'll tell you the exact parts to watch. Yeah, I got I got to work off my deficit. <laughs> <laughs> three uh three episodes with three months worth of uh raws to catch up on and not to mention all the wrestling that's going on right now too absolutely gonna pass on all of it <laughs> for years wwe hosted a yearly award show called the slammy awards and we end each episode of hell in a cell phone with our own version of the slammies in a segment we call for your reconsideration i'll go first I've got the Y2K award, but the WHY2K award going to the Legion of Doom, LOD 2000, as well as M&Ms, who in the lead up to this, they would be that now the M&Ms millennium moment, and they would go back to the old um, WrestleManias, and also to myself, Aaron Benoit, whose screen name on AIM at this point was... Skakor 2K. Wow. A lot going on. That's something I have heard from you several times, and each time it doesn't get less shocking. (laughs) 
Just the... I felt, though, I felt like I had a bit more of a special bond with the year 2000 because I was graduating high school. I was the class of 2000. Oh, I yeah. felt that there was those something people, more those there. Those people were fucking built up so much. I hated it. <laughs> I was. I graduated in 1998, so I remember those fucking kids. And they'd be like, we're the close to 2000. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> it was me. I'm not going to drive you anywhere. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give my Slammy Award for The Littlest Strowman to Ken Shamrock. Because for the longest time, I was, and this isn't a funny one, it's just like, I have just been thinking for something like, why is he not a top guy? Why is he not a top guy? Why doesn't he have a belt? And it's like, oh, he's Braun Strowman. His thing is just like, be like entertaining and like, how many officials can he give belly to belly suplexes to before they, before he explodes? <laughs> like that, it's fun, but you're- He is, he is so full of energy. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's Braun Strowman. Like, he lets his, they have the same character. It's all spectacle. Um, Get he, these ankle locks. They both can really wrestle, though. Um, but yeah, so he's the little Strowman. Uh, that sounds great. I So, mine is more of, uh, I was trying to pull out from the crowd. Um, it's a little bit more of like, what is it? The superlatives mm-hmm. from the yearbook. Uh, most likely to be in the Windows 98 launch video is those two guys. There were these, there were the two One guys. One the green shirt and they cut them like three yep, times. The, yeah, green, yeah, yeah. the guy in the green shirt and the guy in the white shirt that look both like, oh, they yeah, both yeah, yeah, look yeah, like yeah. Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they Somehow, were having the time of their they were lives. They having a great time. They showed them over and over throughout the night. Oh, and they didn't know Are we how... sure they're not boxers? They... <laughs> Are we sure? They might have been doing the sunny dance during the <laughs> during like the the yeah the the, the um the road the Legion of Doom where it was just like hands 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 hands. Wait, speaking of the sunny dance, while we're doing this, uh, listeners, tweet us what you think the sunny dance looks like. <laughs> oh, if you can, I like, want do you to do what you it? think we're describing. Um, Don't look at the source material, just uh, based on what we said. Like giving hand jobs to angels. <laughs> But also, um, you're uh, like washing a car with your butt. Oh, okay. At the same time, like the sponge, <laughs> the soapy sponge is on your butt, and or, you're using that or, to yeah, wash. You've got some car. And you've fun. Got, uh, scuttling across the carpet, and and it's the in time of four. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Batches of four. <laughs> uh, those guys, they were all up in it. Did you see your other friend was there too? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that now that I pointed him out, he's there all the time. The the fucking like really. Like he's he's got um, very low b- body fat ratio. Yeah, and he's wearing a sleeveless red T-shirt. Always wears sleeveless. I think if 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 there's a pay per view on the East Coast, he's there because he's all up and down New York, Jersey, Boston. Yeah, that guy's a weird dude. I, I'd like to know his story. I want to know the stories of all those like fans who just show up to everything. But think about it. If you think about the roots of wrestling in the territory days, like before television, that's how you watched wrestling. (laughs) You would follow your territory. That's how you keep up with the story. You're like, "Uh, look, I have to know what happens next week. I'm going to to New Haven. Well, now it's not like he's going to, I don't, oh, and there's, I feel it's much more rare. They're going to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia to follow the show. (laughs) But back in the day, WWF was the New York territory. Like, and so that, like it would be like uh kind of like friend of the pod uh girlfriend of the pod natalie walls awkward sex in the city like has a territory like goes to like like it's like from boston down to richmond everything in between she owns it but she's gonna wwf it up and she's gonna expand yeah she is she's gonna go, 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 mr she'd be mrs worldwide except not marrying pitbull <laughs> <laughs> 
She's just going to go international. Maybe she is going to marry a pitbull. Hey, who knows? Who could say? Yeah, the world is an open book. Love us? Disagree? Want to retire us for the foreseeable future? Let us know. Email us at HelenaCellPhone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at HelenaCellPod, or tweet at us individually, Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at SlowPass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back again for Unforgiven in your house. You guys, this was, like, significantly shorter than the DX That DX episode. one is so long. It's so it's long. It's so long. I don't um, get it. 